0: Hello and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So this is going to be our last episode for the main set for Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. Um, in this episode, we're going to be going through all the, the other 99, the, the cards in the main deck and their uses across the format. So we're going to start off by doing a quick run through of Applications of the backgrounds in the 99, uh, and then we're going to go through the rest of the set. So we're, we'll have a little uh, chapter marker if you want to skip past the backgrounds in the 99, but uh, I think we can just jump right into it. Actually, wait. Before we do, I want to give a brief talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh I think we can hop into it now. So, let's start with uh let's start with the white backgrounds. What do you want to talk about first?
1: Um I guess
0: like I guess let's just start with far traveler. Do you want to just do that? Yes. Uh and Far Traveler, as we mentioned before, is two and a white for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step. exile up to one target tapped creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Uh, And it's worth noting that uh, in a partner deck, Mm -hmm. this ability gets applied to both partners. So it has a little bit of extra value there. So maybe if you've got like a Livio deck or some other partner combination that's trying to blink creatures, this would make a lot of sense. Uh, any other good places you think this would fit into the format?
1: Um, yeah, actually. So um, kind of th- th- what you just said about partners, it's pretty much true for every single uh, background. So uh, <laughs> so we don't necessarily have to say it. <laughs> I don't know, however many, like 30 times as we go through this. Um, just if there's a background and you're playing partners, it might be better than in a regular deck. But um there's some... Commanders that really want something like this, Cathrill, uh Aspect Warper, um, the uh C20? Was that the decks? Uh
0: yes, I believe it. so.
1: Um it was the acoria ones. Um definitely super into blinking stuff. You get those counters again, and uh you're able to farm that trigger more by removing counters and reanimating things. Lavinia of the tenth is very, very good. You want as many ways as possible to blink her and just make sure all your like opponent's tiny little things stay turned off um and there weren't too many of them we got a few in the last few years that are really good and repeatable but um this is another really good way to do that and then uh negan the cold-blooded which uh what is his new name now
0: uh i i don't think they have yet announced the new skins for the the secret layer, walking dead cards.
1: Oh man, I thought they'd they showed him off.
0: He also has an ETB trigger, uh, also in white,
1: also does a lot of work. And it's pretty hard to farm it unless you like dedicate a ton of slots to the deck. So this is just another way to make it a little bit easier on your life. Um, it untaps creatures too, which is something to note. Um, so if you have creatures with a tap ability, it basically gives them vigilance. Um, so in this set, uh, last episode if you're listening we had jan jansen who is the artificer that taps to make non-token or uh treasures or or constructs um well if you tapped on your turn you can untap him and now you got a three three or two three or something blocker can't remember how big and, he is
0: and uh he does have haste so you're able to activate him multiple times per oh, round yeah. of turns in that they way did, yeah they threw haste on just a bunch of those guys <laughs> it's really funny yeah yeah He's he's one of the few that where it actually makes sense though.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, basically, I mean, it's it's kind of a, um, if if, if you want pseudo vigilance, basically with this card, like it's another way of doing that, especially with commanders with like ETB or part of their their trigger is ETB and they do something else. Um, but if you have vigilance, like your commander naturally has vigilance, it's kind of a non bow. With Fire Traveler, um, you're going to have to put in some extra pieces, like a Springleaf Drum or a Honor Worn Shaku or something like that, which might not be what you're trying to do <laughs> with your deck. So if you're already running those cards, this might be something in white to look at as like another way to um, gain more value. But if not, I, I don't know if it's worth putting like three cards into a deck for a specific theme.
0: Yeah, I was kind of thinking about this with... Um... Amara Soul of the Accord, like that deck is naturally going to want to run a lot of ways to tap your commander. Uh so if you have like if you have an Amara list that happens to run a lot of ETB creatures, uh that could be a good use there. Like worst-case scenario, you can always like tap Amara, blink her and then tap her again. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So yeah, I think that is actually kind of the coolest thing about this card if you're already kind of running the infrastructure it slots in pretty well um and that's kind of it do you want to keep moving
0: yes yeah we got to keep going uh next is flaming fist um so this is two and a white for a legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks it gains double strike until end of turn uh this is really really good in voltron i've loved duelists heritage for a long time this isn't quite as good because you can't really use it as a political tool and you can't um, you can't use it to, to buff your non commander creatures, but it's still very strong. There just aren't a lot of efficient repeatable uh, or rather efficient um, double strike granters like other than duelist heritage, you're probably gonna have to go with something like a, a russian foremost or the the guy with soul bond or uh i guess like a lizard blades like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there isn't a, a huge number of cards that just grant double strike this cheaply so this is i think a fantastic addition for voltron
1: mm-hmm. and yeah with that do you want to keep on moving can i get into this next guy yes go for it yeah so this next one is called inspiring leader um it is a three mana background two and a white and it says, commander creatures you own have creature tokens you control, get plus two, plus two. So you can kind of imagine where this is good, and it gets even better in partner decks. So immediately, uh, me and friend of the show, Alex Whiteclay, thought about Taunt of the Bloodsower. Like, I have mm. a Taunt of the Bloodsower Livio, like, token flicker deck thing that a few of these backgrounds <laughs> would be pretty good at. Um, and... Having all of my Saperlings be five fives because I have two commanders out seems pretty insane um any of the partners really from the old commander legends are pretty good so least reverent medium, all your spirits being three three flyers that's actually like a massive amount of power in the air so um those are all pretty good, pretty much any of i think all of the partners from. Old Commander Legends made tokens. I can't, don't, don't quote me on that. One of them was the buff, buff the butt. I can't remember all of them at the top head. A lot of them did. So this is definitely good
0: there. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's. I mean, pretty easy to figure out where this is going to be good. Like I would love to run this in Adeline. Uh, just any token Commander should probably just be running this. It's it's really really efficient for what it does.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah three mana like is what glorious anthem is, except this actually scales a lot better into commander so
0: mm-hmm.
1: like probably worth it. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna kill somebody uh and it's gonna be great, so have fun with that um, and I guess let's keep going um do do you have much to say about this next one? Can I just read it off? uh, go ahead and read it off.
0: I don't have a lot to say,
1: yeah, so this is noble heritage um honestly, I think it was more important as a background proper than in the deck but it is uh, it has basically a big wall of text it's two mana one on white Uh, commander creatures you own have when this creature enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep each player may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control for each opponent who does you gain protection from that player until end of your next turn um so they take the deal they can't hit you they can mess with your stuff but they can't Mess with you, they can't attack you uh, at least profitably, uh, unless they have a way to like uh, damage can't be prevented, something like that going on. Um, yeah. What
0: the, What are the few words you want to say about this one? Uh, I mean, this seems like the there are a lot of people out there who enjoy political decks. I think they may try to run this and, and those sorts of things. I don't love it because. They're just going to take the counters until they're ready to kill you. But I mean, it'll it'll deflect attacks for a little while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I so I'm going to repeat something that um I said in the last episode, which is basically like this one might be fine. And, and our friend Alex know this, too. This one might be fine because uh, it's it is a lot bigger of a protection than like Orzhov Advocate, which is like that creature can't attack me until my next turn. He he he. Okay, well, my my one big creature is going to attack them, and I'll attack you next turn with it. Whatever, like noble heritage. The fact that you have protection means that, like, if you're trying to combo off, and they weren't aware that you had like more pieces than you had, maybe or something like that, it makes it really hard for them to interact with you. So that's the one case where this is a little bit better than like some of the other things that do this. But uh, I agree with you in general. I think this is like. More for tricksy fun play and not for like a fairly focused game plan, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, can I read off Veteran Soldier? This is our last uh, white one for the day. Yep. So Veteran Soldier is a two mana enchantment, one in a white commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks the opponent with the most life. Uh, You create a one one white soldier creature token that's tapped and attacking that player. Um yeah, how do you feel about this?
0: So, it's I mean, it's a little tricky. I I'm trying to think of like sac outlet commanders or commanders that run a lot of those types of effects um that would appreciate the the bodies to feed into their machine um but which can also attack safely. And that's not a huge uh area of the format. Does anyone come to mind for you, or or any good uses you can think of?
2: Um, I mean, uh,
1: it's basically making your commander Adeline's with Dethrone, um, or what not Adelise, Adeline. Adeline, <laughs> yes, yeah. similar name. Sorry, um, Adeline with Dethrone, and uh, there's a decent amount of like Boros commanders where this is good, and this is only two mana. Um, if your commander wants to attack. Um and you get a 1-1 one, one for oh I I think I did say it wrong. You get a 1-1 one, one for each opponent you have. So you attack the player with the most life, you get three 1-1s one, that are tapped and attacking. So some of them are gonna die. Um, but some of them might live, and it comes down really fast. So um the ones I was thinking of were um just like the Tajiks. Tajiks, they come down super fast. Um if you are playing like partners with like a Curie lineslinger and stuff like that, like that just gets going incredibly fast.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then if you are playing two partners that want to attack, so like you are playing like an air mix like filigree thrasher and like, um, I don't know what else, who else wants to attack like a uh, uh, Arden something like that, like something white. Then that's another one where like all of a sudden, or like a Calith the sun main familiar, the guy who puts plus one plus one counters on your guys. Like, you're you're getting a lot of tokens in that case, um. So, again, partners kind of seemed like one of the best things to do,
0: <laughs> with with these guys. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I guess I was also thinking like Jezal Goldmain. Maybe you could play this on turn two. Oh and, yeah, you know plages mm-hmm. all on turn 4 and it, it just adds a lot of bodies for that that big pump you're doing on turn 5.
1: Yeah, it pretty much guarantees whoever you attack dies. <laughs> just <laughs> pretty
0: crazy. Um but yeah, any yeah, any of the white
1: attacky commanders of which there is a decent amount at this point. Yep. Um Yeah, let's keep on moving.
0: Okay. Uh next we have Candlekeep Sage. So this is two and a blue for legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have When this creature enters or leaves the battlefield, draw a card. Um, So uh, easy examples are Yorion, who who frequently sets up these loops where he blinks himself. uh, Or rather, he blinks something that blinks him and you get him to flicker in and out of the battlefield multiple times per round of turn. Uh, Just another one you mentioned earlier is Lavinia of the Tenth. That's a blue-white commander that you want to blink repeatedly so that's an easy choice for this pretty much any like etb commander in a blue color identity is kind of where i'm going with this
2: yeah
1: i i pretty much agree um i i was trying to think of ones that like enter and leave on their own um and i couldn't think of too many like Cosima god of the voyage was one that like she just leaves and enters kind of at your whim um uh, like Emery will end up flickering sometimes, or like Fibblethip. Um, so that's just like way too many cards in those decks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. That's great. Um, so if you can think of some other commanders that are blue that do this a lot for whatever reason, um, if only there's like a blue Norin, you know, <laughs> like something <laughs> just gets you a ton of value that way. But I, I'm drawing a blank there, so. Um. yeah if you have a commander that enters and leaves a lot maybe like a lagrella the magpie is probably doing that a decent amount these days um you're probably gonna draw a decent amount of cards and that's pretty cool so yeah um i guess keep on moving dungeon delver
0: sure dungeon delver uh this is one in a blue for legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have room abilities of dungeons you own trigger an additional time Uh, so Sephiris, is probably, I, I mean, it's, it's one of the few blue dungeon commanders other yeah. <laughs> the few dungeon commanders period. Um, and Sephiroth is really good at, at going through dungeons repeatedly. She just has so many cycling creatures and little guys that sack themselves. Um, so she will often go through a dungeon like, you know, once every turn cycle or two. Mm, absolutely. Uh, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a pretty good, um, option there. Although, honestly like the value of that deck is so much the reanimation and not so much the not yeah. so much the delving
1: well that that's actually what I was going to say is that like when you are doing whatever is in each room of mine of Fandelver each time um, it becomes a reward whereas it's kind of just like a place tracker right now like cecyrus mm-hmm. you're like okay i got a i don't know a treasure this time uh, a goblin Lose a life. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's kind of <laughs> just like a marker most of the time with Ciphers, but um, with like this background out, it actually becomes like notable. Like, getting two treasure every loop is a lot better. Um, And the other one, too, is if like we talked about it in the multicolor episode last time, but the Rosa Rail Kingpin, if you are flickering Risa Rail, like the undercity rooms are actually like they made them super juicy because it's harder to get into the undercity. Um so like getting two of those rewards is like probably worth it. So this is something I would put into that deck if I was going to make some like flicker thing because you're getting like like huge skeletons and like four treasures and you're goading a bunch of stuff and drawing multiple cards. So like in that instance it's way better for you than another ones. But again that commander's pretty um casual. So It'll be, um, it'll be fun. I mean, I actually think I would have fun playing that deck, but you're—I'm not expecting to win too often. So just, uh, just heads up. <laughs> don't don't get too too uh, attached. But this next one's pretty great. Can I read off this next background? Go for it. Yeah, this is Feywild Visitor. Um, this is—you heard me mention this card like every other commander on the original choosers episode uh Feywild wild visitor is a three minute enchantment it costs two and a blue it says commander creatures you own have whenever one or more non-token creatures you control deal combat damage to a player you create a one one blue fairy dragon creature token with flying so um, if you are interested in having a bunch of guys especially evasive guys um you put this in your commander deck your blue commander deck and all of a sudden you're getting some pretty good evasive flyers for the low low price of hitting someone with the flying man which um some decks are already doing so um where do you think this is going to be pretty good
0: uh so i mean there's there's plenty of flying man commanders already like there's Grezalax. um there's well it's, it's it's probably not good enough for edric just because those, <laughs> those decks are so efficient already um, but maybe, I mean, it, it it certainly does, uh, like really multiply your force every single turn. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe in like lower power edrics is where I would guess. Um, yeah. um, any other commanders you're thinking of? Um,
1: honestly, what came to mind for me was there's two new commanders. There's Denry Kiln, um, mm-hmm. who like can put flying counters on your guys. And, uh, <laughs> this one is really silly. It's like zombie decks that are running giralf visionary stitcher, <laughs> just oh, like nice. multiplying like a force because you have flyers anyway. It was pretty funny. Um, I was looking at some other ones and they were just kind of like fine. So I think this is really good as a background to buff your commanders, but like, um, like or your chooser, this works really well with a bunch of choosers, but it's actually like kind of lackluster. <laughs> <laughs> like in regards to
0: like most other commanders that exist right now it is worth noting that it uh it is like a pretty efficient dragon token generator so maybe if you're trying to do something with like a gosh like a Silumgar the drifting death or mm. um something like that some sort of blue some sort of a uh, dragon oh, deck with a blue color identity. Right? Uh,
1: yeah, no, you know what? Actually, I mean, I think that's completely right. So Solengar is is absolutely pretty crazy. Like this works pretty well in there. But Brutoclad also. That's um, I can't believe I didn't think about that. Like, like yeah, you have to attack. Oh, just Brutaclad. you just overwrite it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then you you can get in there um, if you need to. You turn them all into one one flyers if you need to, or you just turn them into something good, and you're getting hopefully three a turn, So. Can't believe I didn't think of that. No, I got it right <laughs> before the episode happened.
0: Uh, uh yeah. yeah I one other thing, like you know, are fairies as well. There's not currently a fairy tribal commander, but there are commanders that people use for fairy tribal. Um, so those decks might be interested as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and, and the uh, well, it's not necessarily super good there because the commander's not as good as it used to be. But Esperia the Inscrutable. Um, you, you're getting a bunch of flyers onto the battlefield anyway.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah! <good laughs> um,
1: point. And so you'll just get more flyers, more dragons, stuff like that. So yeah, I think like the old Ajutai, the old Silumgar, that actually seems really fun. Um, and other things you want to do with it is kind of up to you. A lot of the blue things that want to attack are tribal, um, which is really interesting to me, like Millicent and um, like Rogue Tribal and stuff like that. So the dragons add to the board but not in a way that like actively affects what you're doing um which is kind of funny but um i guess do you want to keep on moving
0: yes go right ahead
1: um (laughs) i think this one will be quick so this is shameless charlatan it costs two mana one and a blue it says commander creatures you own have uh two and a blue so three mana this creature becomes a copy of another target creature and so just bears repeating um the enchantment is giving your commander this ability, so your commander will completely turn into another creature and will be able to do this thing, the Shameless Charlatan ability, as long as Shameless Charlatan is on the battlefield. Um, so if it gets blown up, your commander's stuck. Um, but as long as it's there, you can keep on kind of changing what it turns into. So uh, what do you think about this guy?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't... I mean, there are some commanders that just kind of stick around on the board, like ETB commanders that aren't in good color identities for blinking them. Um, this could do something there. So like, you know, you play your gosh, I don't know. um, You play your Luan Sephalid <laughs> Empress or something, uh, and then you can make it into something else. That could yeah.
2: be um,
1: some
0: uh, direction you take this
1: yeah the other football flip was something I was thinking about. um but I don't actually think that's like necessarily good. I think like you kinda want your goofy one one that draws you a card most of the time in that <laughs> deck. like I couldn't really think of anything myself that was like, I am playing this deck because I don't want my commander to exist like <laughs> it seemed seemed pretty hard um because even things that, like, aren't super good, you still kind of need them, and or I'm assuming you, like, are using them as your commander because they, like, did their thing. Oh, no, you know what it is? Um, Neombi Faithful Healer, the first Neombi that just gets her dad. Oh, sure. There okay, you go. Yeah.
0: that's That makes sense. There that's you go. Good. She doesn't do anything after that, so you're good. <laughs> um. All right, do you want to move on? <laughs> yes, uh, so next we have Sword Coast Sailor. This is one in a blue for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, this creature can't be blocked this turn. Uh, so it this looks like an enabler for Voltron decks. Uh, does any particular commander come to mind for you? Um, I, uh, I was thinking of like,
1: commander blue commanders that want to get in there um grazilax it was like a pretty easy one um like the ojuta is like the the blue combatty things um was tie the white blue tie i can't remember which one he he's called um he gives your dragons and instants and sorceries uh they can't be countered or is it he gives your instants and sorceries rebound i can't remember he has to attack to do his thing <laughs> <laughs> so that's another blue commander that like has got to get in there and if you're doing this it's like incredibly safe for you you basically guarantee that like your guy's not going to get blocked and die in combat um mm-hmm.
0: yeah there are a couple commanders that uh don't provide their own evasion but really want to get in um what's the the monk from fate reforged oh the um shu yeah, Shu Yeah, that might be one that where this makes sense. I would say like a good metric is if you're like running Shadow Rift, uh that's probably a good place you to consider this card. Well, I guess it's just a lot of the, there's a lot of blue guys that want to hit. There's like
1: Imrith, um Higare, there's Aspira, um, the first one, there's the Dragon Lords, um, I can't find the guy I was thinking about though. Is the um oh he doesn't. Re- <laughs> I was thinking of Tivit. That was who I was thinking of. But he just needs to attack. He doesn't need to actually connect. Uh, oh no, he he does need to connect. He says enters the battlefield or deals damage to a player. So that was what I was thinking of. Um, make sure Tivit gets in there. But he does have flying, so it's not like that big of a deal. So um yeah, I mean you kind of laid out the groundwork, and I think that is good enough for people to know if they're going to want this but yeah it basically makes your commander get in there for free so this seems worth it
0: all right uh moving on to agent of the iron throne this is two and a black for legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield each opponent loses one life uh this just seems like a, a pretty easy addition to aristocrat stacks not not a lot to say here uh this is just like another copy of bastion of remembrance or whatever yeah um
1: i was thinking because it does say artifact on it like things that make a lot of artifacts and then they like go away are good so like the clue um if you're like making and sacking clues or treasure or things like that those are also going to trigger this um so that's a good point
0: this could be a win condition in like a prosper deck perhaps yeah um,
1: yeah oh yeah there you go that's a really good one um so that's a, just another angle. It's it's not just creatures this time. Oh, uh, Strephon. That was the other one. Strephon's always using those bloods. So oh, sure, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Agent of the Iron Throne is just a pretty good card. But again, it's just kind of a a thing. You can't have this out and not your commander out. The backgrounds are all DLC for your commanders. So mm-hmm. um, if you are running one of those commanders. You play Agent on the Iron Throne, and then you have your loop going. You you didn't actually do it yet. You still got to cast your commander, so don't don't get too hasty there. Um, uh, I guess next one you want to keep on moving?
0: Yes. Uh, so next one is Agent of the Shadow Thieves. It's one in a black for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than this player, put a plus plus one counter on this creature. It gains death touch and indestructible until end of turn. Um. So it, you're probably wanting to be running a, I mean I just think this is like easy in black control mm-hmm. assuming mm-hmm. You, so you don't even need a commander with evasion or anything just any commander that you want to survive your damnation or whatever uh you know if you're that's something to consider if you're already running like dark steel plate or similar effects this could be a good addition to your deck
1: I mean there so there are so many commanders that want to get in the red zone. And a lot of them have flying, but um or so many black commanders that want to get in the red zone, but like Ashling the Extinguisher is taking someone either way, you know, like um uh Trot the Silencer is getting in there, Ink Eyes, uh Nashi Moon Sage's Scion, like uh Mary the Killing Quill from the uh the uh Last Commander set or whatever. Um there's a lot of these commanders that are black that want to get in there. Um, and this just makes it so easy. You know, it's like pretty trivial. And then, like you said, if you want a wrath after a day of judgment, um, whatever, after you enter combat and your commander's sticking around, then like, heck yeah. You know, like Virtus the Veil already has death touch, but now he is (laughs) indestructible. You know, that's pretty good.
0: Uh, does Kelsey and have vigilance? Ooh, he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, with Kelsey, and um, you can attack with him, he'll gain death touch and indestructible, and then you can ping. It's just like another way to give him death touch. Oh, that's pretty good, too. That's rad. That deck keeps getting more.
1: That deck's going to be really fun someday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll want to build it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to the next uh, background. This is Criminal Past, two and a black for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have menace, and this creature gets plus X plus O, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Uh so the first thing I thought of was Iname Death Aspect. It's just like that, oh, that's that deck is, a lot <laughs> Yeah, this is just like a potential win condition there. Uh Iname will often put like 20 spirits in the graveyard when she resolves. Um so this could just be an easy way to go from there to next turn I'd swing for twenty-four Voltron with menace.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: other
1: ones I was thinking of, like uh pretty funny, are just like <laughs> chainer can get in there or like Blade Wing the Risen, that you're already gonna have a bunch of things in your graveyard and now like they hit really hard, especially like Blade Wing. I feel like that isn't actually that crazy to do. Um Armix Filigree Thrasher is another one because you're already pitching things to kill things. Um and then the normal graveyard suspects, you got your like Azoni Thousand Eyes, your Jared, Golgari Lich Lords, um, even like Carador, you know, like Carador all of a sudden just wails on somebody. So all of these seemed like pretty, pretty good to me. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah, uh, do you want to keep on going? Yes. Going. Uh you want to read the next one? Yeah. So this is cultist of the Absolute. Uh this is a one mana enchantment, just costs a single black mana. It says commander creatures you own get plus 3 plus 3, have flying, death touch, ward, pay 3 life, and at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. Um so <laughs> so this is a huge buff. This is one of the ones that I'm not sure I would actually care to run in a partner <laughs> list. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you think of anyone who like wants this off the
0: top of your head? Oh, so uh not off the top of my head. Like it's it's a little odd. Like the reward is clearly Voltron, but the cost is like you need to have other guys. Yeah, maybe if there was like a, I honestly like I think like maybe Tana with a black partner. It would be the first place my mind goes. Um, oh
1: yeah, that's funny.
0: Uh, any other potential places for this?
1: Um, I was thinking, like, Extus. Extus usually will have, like, little donks that, like, have ETBs and stuff lying around.
0: Um, he does have double strike. and he's,
1: Yeah, double strike, so you're getting in there for, for five every turn. The other one was, like, Jaren. Jaren has an ability where uh, whenever you sacrifice a non-token human, you can lose a life and make a human creature token. Um. So that's another one where like he gets in there pretty good and he flips when you have exactly 13 life. Um, so it's just like another, it, I don't know, just if you're trying to do that, it seems a fine way to do that. Um, and then that was mostly all of them. I was like Tatsunari Toad Rider was one of the better ones too. Cause you just sack your KME every turn to hit for six
0: oh that's uh, a good one
1: and then it gives you a cameo when you cast it so mm-hmm. that, that was kind of the extent of my um my research right there <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right uh do you want to move on to the next background
1: um yeah so um the next one is scion of halister it is a two mana black background it costs one and a black and it says, Commanders you own have the first time you would draw a card each turn. Instead, look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your graveyard and the other back on top of your library, then draw a card. So this is just giving you card selection. Um, it's two mana, and honestly, like
2: it's pretty,
1: it's pretty good. I, I don't know, like if your commander has draw a card on it, um, then I might think about playing this card in that deck because like it's it's a uh, like IRA first of lockthewain and this like you're not just drawing a card when you sack a little donk you're like drawing the best of the two from the top which is like a lot better and filling up your graveyard um that seems pretty good you know
0: so this might be a little bit win more i was thinking about maybe running this in sephiris because you're cycling so many guys and you're and you're trying to cycle like spread out your cycles across like uh, your you know your opponent's turns and stuff. So you could realistically like, you know, I cycle on my turn, scion of halister trigger. actually, I guess it wouldn't matter there, but I cycle on my opponent A's turn, scion of halister trigger. Basically, you just get more card selection, potentially like finding another cycler, and also potentially dumping reanimation targets in your yard to bring back with mm-hmm. Sephiroth later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that could be a good place for it. Maybe if you're running like a low-powered uh, Angie Falconrath list, the mm-hmm. the Madness Commander, because she, uh, if if you're just trying to do it to spread it out across multiple turns, rather than like I'm going to put my deck in my graveyard now, then that might be. Something. Yeah.
1: No, I had two old commanders that really wanted this card. So I was thinking Lazolda the Blood Witch. Um, okay. You get to do this on every turn. Uh, Second creatures draw cards, but now you're getting the best ones. And those decks typically had reanimation in them at some level, some form. Um, mm-hmm. The other one was Sig River Cutthroat, a name I haven't heard in years. But Sig's is pretty good, too, because instead of just like booby prize you lost through life i draw a card now you're actually drawing a good card probably a better card um
0: okay and it
1: happens once a turn that was those are kind of what i was looking for was like who's doing this
0: like once a turn (laughs) well it is each end step. yeah yeah that's a good point
1: yeah so and i couldn't find too many if you're listening maybe you have one but like it's this is just like Gives you a little bit of extra value. I think that's fine. I, like you said, the Angie Falcon Wrath seemed pretty good because you can just pitch a card every turn and make sure you hit
0: your uh, your your did, next uh, Madness card. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to the red backgrounds. Uh, this is Dragon Cultist. It is four to red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step. If a source you controlled dealt five or more damage this turn a four four red dragon creature token with flying uh let's see what Hmm. so what's the best way to deal five damage in commander <laughs> i would say just board wipe
1: like you cast a pyroclasm it's probably six or more damage you know that's
0: oh yeah like, that is a great point it, it is Mm -hmm. yeah it's not just to yeah it's not just to players Mm. yeah
1: so it, it is a little bit easier than it reads but it also is like what like six mana or something like that yeah five mana um so if you have a commander that can deal like a bunch of damage like at once uh if you have a commander that just can deal five
2: consistently um then this is probably fine um like planeswalkers
1: like group slug um those all can like hit pretty hard um blanco was something i was thinking about because um you when you like target him he deals two damage to each opponent so you really only need to hit like one time to get a dragon you know um but other than that i i, I don't know if you had any other ideas
0: uh not really i i think that like this reward isn't super compelling to me it's like pretty slow and expensive so i i don't know if there's a ton of decks in the format that are crazy about this
2: Mm -hmm.
0: oh um Um.
1: alibu was like another one too because you end up dealing like four or five a turn um Mm -hmm. just on attack but uh yeah i don't know maybe if you're like casella blade of gold knight (laughs) Something. <laughs> it's just everything is dealing five now. <laughs> sure. So, sure, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. Let's keep on moving. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Guild artisan is one in red for legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have. Whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, you create two treasure tokens. Uh. Nor in the wary was the first place this came to mind for me because you can attack safely. Um. And just like, this is just two mana ramp spell where you're up two mana every turn. Uh, Your opponents can interrupt it by just like casting a spell on your turn before you get the opportunity to attack. But then, I mean, that's that's fine. I think this is going to generate a fair bit of mana over the course of the game regardless. Mm
1: -hmm. I was thinking about like Aurelia, the war leader, like. That's a ton of mana because you you absolutely are attacking multiple times. You're getting multiple treasure per combat step. Um, seemed pretty good to me. They're like a Goto Bandit Warlord, same kind of thing. That's pretty tight.
0: Um, lelia the Blade Reforged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's another commander. Like she's coming down swinging, and it'd be nice if you could immediately get mana to cast whatever spell you exile at the top.
1: Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know if this works. But if you have this and a Targarth first mate, if other people attack with your Targarth, do you get the treasures? <laughs> I think
0: they get the treasures. Unfortunately, if
1: no opponent has more left than that player, create two.
0: Oh, you're right. Okay, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, that would have been pretty fun. <laughs> and that would have been tight. Um, uh, what's the What's the name yeah. of the new Minotaur from Zendikar Rising that oh. has extra combat steps? Yeah, Morog or Morag. Oh, Yeah, there you go yeah that guy's great so, okay so like there you go there's a couple ideas just commanders that can attack relatively safely extra combat steps mm. uh, commanders that want mana oh, during yeah, your post-combat main H- phase Hactos attacks very
1: safely if you do end up having that deck um oh there you go protection for most things and also now ramp so congrats
0: mm-hmm. um all right yeah keep on moving Sure, we've got Popular Entertainer. This is one in a red legendary enchantment background. I think uh I think we were working off a translated copy when we <laughs> did our last episode, so we called it popular artist, but same card. Uh commander creatures you own have whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, goad target creature that player controls. Uh so I mean this is pretty clearly a a GOAD commander, although or like an appropriate card for goad commanders. Although a lot of goad commanders like don't necessarily. Don't necessarily need this. Like if you've got Marisi or whatever, then all your opponent's stuff is goaded. You don't really need more of this effect. Um, Um, I guess like thick rag maybe.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. I was thinking even just like in, um, uh, the uh, Grenzo 2.0, because like getting two creatures every hit is a lot better than one. That means you're like mm-hmm. absolutely guaranteed to get in there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I had I hadn't looked super deeply into this one. I just figured it was a lot of the same uh constraints we had on the last one work for this one. Um, if you can get in there. With, like, your hack and hit somebody, all of a sudden, like, they're not coming at you <laughs> with their
0: worst thing or whatever it is. So, um, to me, it feels like more like a card for decks that kind of sp- spread the love and, and attack in multiple directions. Mm-hmm.
1: No, yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely get more value out of that one. Um, so yeah uh if you have a deck in red that is doing that and there's a decent amount of them at this point um i think that's probably probably where you want to put this mm-hmm. um and i get i don't know do you want to keep on moving was that i, I don't feel satisfied deep.
0: with that one but i don't know if we have time to dig in too deep i know i i was hoping we could spend less than an hour on just backgrounds in the 99
1: <laughs> yeah i think we'll do it we're almost there we're almost okay, safe.
0: all right. Yeah. Street Urchin is next. Uh, it is one in a red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have one, sacrifice another creature or an artifact. This creature deals one damage to any target. So, uh, barrage of expendables, sort of, is kind of what's going on here, or, or like expensive goblin bombardment. Uh, where do you think this might fit into the format? Token
1: decks, Token decks where you want to sack things. So, Angie yeah, yeah. made of Dishonor, Anax, Hardened in the Forge, like, Brea even. Like, there are better options, but this is kind of like, um, I'm gonna say it seems very low impact. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore might stick around more. So, um, if you're getting a bunch of tokens, Delinea Wild Mage, you're like, I'm done with this. Um, Gadric the Crown Scourge, uh, Jan Jansen, uh, uh, I don't know who who else makes a bunch of tokens, uh, Hazazen, on Tamar or something like that. Like, <laughs> like the, There you go. You got them. And the fact that you can sack your artifacts too means that, like, your Colane uh, or things that are making treasure in particular, um, are just very good. Uh, in this set, we have the uh, Mahadi Emporium Master, so another way to spend those treasure instead of just on mana.
0: Um, yeah. I think this is definitely more a card that's going to get played for the sacrificing an artifact than for mm-hmm. sacrificing a creature just because like barrage of expendables is is the closest analog in terms of a creature sack outlet mm-hmm. and that really doesn't see any play in no. commander <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah
1: yeah you just have so i mean the fact that goblin bombardment is free for the same thing just uh makes it kind of hard to justify so i think i i would look at this for like the streffins the the um Things making artifacts that you want to sack as opposed to like a good creature sack outlet, of which there are many, especially in red. So, um, last red one uh, this is Tavern Brawler. It's three mana. Uh, commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your upkeep exile the top card of your library. This creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the card's mana value. You may play that card this turn.
0: Um yeah, we what, what do you think about this guy? So I was thinking like I might want to run this in Prosper. I think there are enough I mean, I pretty much always want to keep Prosper on the board. Um there's not that many games where I delay casting Prosper. And I'm running like a lot of 4 mana like once per turn impulse draw effects right now. So I think this could provide a slight uh a slight cost reduction on on things i'm already running Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah i mean um i think this is kind of just a pretty generic draw engine at this point like if i'm playing a uh red commander that wants to get in there for whatever reason um this seems like pretty all right to me um so, I, I don't know, I am i can't think of anything off the top of my head that, like, is really super into this, but, like, if you just need another card and you're in mono-red, you're playing your, like... <laughs> who's in mono-red that needs extra cards? Zerzoth. Zerzoth wants extra cards. Then this is probably something that's pretty fine for you, you know? Like, uh, more cards, more damage... In colors that have a hard time with it sometimes, so, uh, yeah, just generically good, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're in green, so we are almost done. So let's, <laughs> let's keep on going. <laughs> uh, this next one is Acolyte of Bahamut. It is one in a green, so two mana for commander creatures you own. Have the first dragon spell you cast each turn cost two less to cast. Um, yeah, this this is it's a pretty weird one. You want to get into it?
0: Yeah. So this is not a card for the Ur Dragon for sure. Um <laughs> I think I would consider running this. Gosh, it's probably not even a card for a Tarka the World Render. Um I guess I would maybe or I'd like maybe consider running this in um uh oh gosh, what's the the white green one? Dramoka. Oh,
1: dromoka yeah. Dramoka
0: the yeah. Eternal. Um just like there aren't that many dragon tribal commanders with green in their identity that you're going to be casting before turn six Mm. um so i i think dromoka the eternal is maybe where i'd consider but honestly like with dromoka you kind of want to be doing your setting up before she comes down um does any i wish there was like a hmm, i wish there was like a really cheap everything tribal commander but people tend to default Uh. to like to the Ur Dragon, or something like, else like that, because that would be kind of neat to make all my changelings super cheap.
1: Yeah, I haven't done this, so this was my theory, and I'm going to outsource the research to listeners if they are interested in it. Was like, look up the like three mana or less, like green commanders with like um red or uh, I mean, probably red, but like red or black or something in the commander identity, uh, and see. If there was one that like lended itself towards dragons, like the closest one I could think of off the, like the top of my head was like a like Halana and Alina partners, or like uh, Hans Erikson, um, but like something like that, where the commander—I know that that's four mana, and I said three or whatever—but um, something where like the commander does come down pretty early, kind of synergizes with like big fat donks. But then also gives you the discount when you have the Acolyte of Bahamut out. Um, that was what I wanted to look for. And I have not uh, found something yet or thought of something yet. Because I, <laughs> I haven't quite looked yet. But like maybe like a Clothis or something like that. You're like playing Clothis dragons or s- something. And they're all cheaper. Um, so, mm, yeah. I don't know. There's, maybe there's something there, but I, I'm not sure if that uh, appeals to
0: people. Alright, I think it's a, a lot of time spent <laughs> Speculation. on Speculation, yeah. Alright, let's keep uh, going. Okay, Next, we've got uh, Clickwood Hermit. This is two and a green for legendary enchantment background. Uh, commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step. If a creature card was put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, create two tapped 1-1 uh, one, one green squirrel creature tokens. So, I was thinking like Sidisi brood tyrant the first city c um she does a lot of self mill and you know she the reward for her self mill on the card is like make creature tokens so i so like the win condition for that deck tech tends to make use of having a lot of creatures on the board so i think mm. it might make sense there uh, yeah one downside though is it is not itself a creature so it's like reducing your hit rate when you put it in your deck yeah um
1: I was thinking like Valentine, Dina the Vein, and Lizette. Like if you're playing like black green, like guys sack outlet, they usually end up having like some aristocrat drainy stuff. So it makes all mm-hmm. your guys bigger. Um, but wasn't really too too excited about this one. There's there's a lot of things that do this, and if you
0: need guys for sacking guys, this is more guys. So sure. you'll know if you want it. All right, uh, moving on to Hardy Outlander. This is one in the green for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, another target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is this creature's power. So uh, first thing I thought of was Sir Farron the Hedgehammer, the Hengehammer, which is almost exactly this card. Um <laughs> So it's just like a way to double up on the pump effect from Sir That's pretty funny. I guess Grun does the same thing. (laughs) You're like,
1: Grun is a one shot now. Um, So I I don't know. It's it's another target creature. So Grun. um, Oh, doesn't actually do anything. (laughs) Can't pump himself. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe Goreclaw or something like that. Maybe something that like wants to get in with the team. Um, Sure, sure. Oh, can you stack the triggers on a Tuya battle bear claw where like Tuya will get the buff from the other big
0: creature? Before doing this? Let's mm-hmm. see.
1: When I Tuya think... Bearclaw attacks, it gets plus X plus X where X is the greatest power among other creatures you control. I think you could do that, right? You could stack the
0: triggers. I think you could probably, yeah, like Tuya pumps something else, then that thing pumps Tuya. I think that'd work.
1: Yeah. Alright, there you go. That's fun. Um so yeah, kind of surfarin' but different. Um and I'm ready to
0: move on if you are. Sure. Uh, so next we have Master Chef. Chef, sorry. I don't know why <laughs> I used the, the, the pronunciation. <laughs> uh, Master Chef is two and a green for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have this creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it, and other creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on them. So, uh, what sort of plus one plus one decks? Or or what decks do you think are interested in this thing?
1: Yeah, oh my God, uh, Falco Spara is like salivating. Just like <laughs> cast every card off the top of your deck forever. Uh, Grumgoer, you were already doing that and doing it more is probably pretty good. Um, Kyler, there's a lot of things in Kyler that like make that happen. So there's oh my God, like so many of them. Rishkar, um, Rehan, Rishkar is great. Yeah. yeah, like there's a ton of these like, plus one, plus one counter decks that, like, just go off the rails once you have something like this going. Ulash the Hate Seed is actually, like, a pretty okay deck now,
0: and makes that happen. Um, I feel like this somehow I feel like this combos really well with, like, Gave. I feel like this is... Oh, probably, yeah. Oh, wait, no, absolutely. Well, do- oh, is
1: it non-token? Uh, Nope. Uh, other cre- yeah, no, there you go. Comes with Gave easy so bam boom got it um so last
0: background correct all right uh, so this is raised by giants it's five and a green for a legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have base power and toughness 10 10 and are giants in addition to their other types uh well where
1: would you want to play this <laughs> um if i want to hit big I will play raised by giants. Um and there's a decent amount of commanders that are pretty good when they have 10 power and 10 toughness. Uh Drizdort came to mind. It's new character from the Forgotten Realms has double strike. Uh so you can get some counters early and then just hit for like 24 <laughs> double strike or <laughs> something like that. Also uh, commanders that have 0 power and toughness are, are pretty good with this too. So, like, gracma Skyclave, Ravager, and then mm-hmm. uh, Rayhan, Last of the Abzan, like, stuff like that. You, or or perf- the, um, not Perforate, uh Unchained. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I guess the
1: first one, too. That's, like, I mean,
0: absolutely insane. This is kind of a, uh, like a, well, I was thinking maybe, like, Marwyn or Oh, yeah, yeah, Make a billion, it's, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That might be something to do with this, um yeah or or just like some sort of ultrani list where your commander starts out really small mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean
1: th- there's a ton of them um and i i this is still i think one of my favorite ones it's like so funny and so fun and there's so many like things you can do with it and they all involve attacking which is great so <laughs> um i think at this point if you want to start um on the monocolor cards
0: so we are starting off the main deck cards with white. With uh, we've got ancient gold dragon. A so this banger. is five. <laughs> it is a banger. Uh, five white white for a seven ten creature elder dragon with flying. Whenever ancient gold dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d twenty. You create a number of plus and plus one counters. <laughs> number of plus and plus one counters. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, number of plus and plus one blue fairy <laughs> dragon creature tokens with flying equal to the result. So, uh in what decks would you like to run ancient gold dragon? Oh man.
1: Um, so ancient gold dragon is, um, besides being really cool, (laughs) really good art and stuff like that is like a crazy. Oh, um, okay. So white has a lot of good token makers, but there has not been a good dragon token maker until ancient gold dragon has existed. Mm -hmm. So, like by far the best at making a ton of dragons out of nowhere. So if you have a deck with white and also Dragon Tempest or Scourge of Valcus, this is I mean you probably kill somebody <laughs> like mm-hmm. like unless you get really unlucky on the roll like that's excuse me, that's a massive amount of damage and uh I don't really see a lot of people living through that or at least a lot of boards living through that. And if you can untap with all the guys um, and or um, like your guys have haste and you get extra combats or something like that, like Udvara Hellkite goes off the rails with them. Uh, Colagon 1.0 buffs your team like that is actually lethal. Like if you untap mm-hmm. with an ancient gold dragon and a Colagon 1.0, like that's insane. Do, do you have any other like dragon tech that's pretty good?
0: Uh well if your commander is the Ur Dragon and you ever happen to like swing with your tokens with the Ur Dragon out, you just you just draw a million cards and, and put something onto the battlefield. Uh Crucible of Fire, you know, it turns these guys from one ones into four fours. Yeah. Dromoka turns these guys from one ones into three threes. Uh Silumgar the Drifting Death just makes it so these guys wipe all your opponent's creatures. Uh, there's just a, a lot of really powerful things to do with this in dragon tribal decks mm-hmm. outside of dragon tribal how do you feel about this card
1: it's whatever um if i am playing like an attacky token list i might run this as long as i can get big um but not i'm not super interested in it like it's uh, it is like stupendous, massive battle cruisery magic. So unless you have a way to facilitate it and make it like support it and give it the the love and support it needs to grow into a huge board of fairy dragons, um, this is kind of bad. Um, because you're gonna have to go ancient gold dragon pass, <laughs> and then you have to go attack you, and then nothing bad happens, and then you roll decent. And then the turn after that, you go attack you with all of my fairy dragons and my ancient gold dragon. So that seems a lot uh, worse. So I think in general, it's not crazy. It's a crazy mythic. Like we've come a long way from the days when like Archangel's Light was a white mythic. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it's a great mythic in that like you don't want to just jam it into every white deck so
0: yeah maybe if you had like uh an Aurelia the war leader deck with a lot of haste graners so you could like swing with this the first turn it comes down and then have another combat step where you get to swing with the the tokens but there's just there, there are also a lot of cards that are very good in that scenario like mm-hmm. uh, yeah i don't know it's uh it's of the five, and, and we'll we'll talk about the the more uh-huh. the rest of them shortly. Um, of the five, I'd say this is on the more fair side. Yeah, I actually like as like splashy as it is, as big. It's a seven ten flyer
1: for seven and white. Like as as much as it is, and as big as it looks, like this honestly is pretty fun and fair magic. So.
0: Uh, let's talk about a much more powerful card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so this is Archivist of Ogma. This is a 2-2 Halfling Cleric for 2 mana, 1 and a white. They have Flash, and they have whenever an opponent searches their library, you gain 1 life and draw a card. Um, I love this, and apparently the entire rest of the world also loved it, so um, get them while they're hot, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, in a metagame with a lot of fetches and tutors, this is just going to get you a lot of free cards. If you can get at least one card off of it, it's worth it, and you're likely to get more than one. Um, yeah. But but I think the flash makes it so that you're pretty likely to at least cantrip off of this. Yeah. I will say that, like, I wish they'd flavored it slightly differently. Um, okay. Halflings are pretty much limited to the Dungeons and Dragons sets. I mean, they could introduce Halfling somewhere else, but so far they've only been printed in Dungeons and Dragons sets. And then Ogma is, like, D&D specific flavor i believe
1: oh so they can't print this in like a a corset
0: uh, yeah, yeah yeah oops <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i think other people are assuming that that's going to be true too uh, based on the price tag which was much higher than i thought it was uh like three days ago so mm. um
2: oops still
1: yeah,
2: we'll good
0: see. It's, it's it's still a good card um and i would happily run this in mm, I mean most of my white decks depending on the if the meta supports it. That's kinda where that's where I'm at with the card.
1: Yeah. And and I do wanna say another thing too is like this isn't so egregious that like an opponent won't fetch because they don't want you to draw a card. Like people don't pay the one with rhystic study. I assume people are gonna still fetch with your archivist out, you know, like stuff like that. They're like, Top deck out, fetch land, play it, pop it. Like you're probably still gonna draw cards even if it just kind of sits around for a while. So um that said, can I read off this next one? Sure. So this is Ascend from Avernus. This is a uh white sorcery, it costs X white white white. Uh it says return all creatures and all planeswalker cards with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Exile Ascend from Avernus. Uh oh god i love this card <laughs> i love it there's the one there's a black card it was hybrid from one of the ravnica sets that was like x hybrid black white hybrid black white hybrid black white and it was reanimate all creatures that cost x and i was always like ever since that card came Why out, couldn't i was like it
0: be x or less
1: yeah i was like this is per- like this could have been perfect like this could have been like an awesome spell but apparently uh they wanted to give the mono white one. um the juice. So I'm fine with that having a yeah. another reason to run good reanimation in Mono White, especially small guys are like, Your planeswalk you get your planeswalkers too? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, this is a very tight card. Um it's looking like between this and Storm of Souls and Ralphit Ancestors, like the the white mass reanimation is just always gonna exile itself, which is fine. I mean, white can't really recur spells anyway so it's not a huge loss mm-hmm. um but it just prevents you from doing fun stuff well like quote air quotes fun yeah. stuff <laughs> in other color identities where you're like reanimate everything sacrifice everything get back my spell blah 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 over and over and over um but yeah no it seems really really good um there's been a lot of powerful white etb creatures printed lately and and also, just like value EDB creatures printed lately, we're still not in a good place regarding like white discard outlets or white yeah. sacrifice outlets, or even like there aren't even that many white creatures, good white creatures that sacrifice themselves. So I'm hoping yeah. that we see a little bit more, uh, more of wizards playing in that design space, like the the Cathar commando type of space, um, but still very promising exciting card i would i'm would love to just like get a critical mass of these and and play in my mono white value sandbox Mm -hmm. we're almost there i think they're they're really close to giving
1: us everything we need so um can i read off this next card yep sure this is battle angel of tear i think that's what it is like mirror Mm -hmm. um so battle angels of tear is a four four angel knight for four mana two white white they have flying, myriad, and whenever Battle Angels of Tier deals combat damage to a player, draw a card if that player has more cards in hand than each other player. Then you create a treasure token if that player controls more lands than each other player. Then you gain three life if that player has more life than any other player. Mm. Um, so if you ever tie, you're screwed, but for the most part... You're probably going to draw a card, make a treasure and gain three life when this attacks, <laughs> assuming they can uh, get in there, which you know, four, four flyer turn four probably is going to get
0: in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, I that's kind of what worries me a little bit. I am so afraid that two people are going to be at 40 and it's just not going to do much. <laughs> um, but it is like. I mean, it seems great in Giada, for sure. Like the Angel Tribal decks, this is a good angel. It's an angel that deals more damage than you would expect for the cost and has the potential to generate value. Um, in decks that like can reliably grant it haste, it also seems like it could do good work there. Just like kind of refund the card, refund a little bit of mana, and deal a bunch of damage. I, I would not call this a format staple, though. No, I think. Um, oh, I'm not sure what it's pre-selling for, but I, I feel like we can wait a little bit and pick it up pretty cheaply.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be a crazy expensive card. Um, it does work really well with the um, if you are running the um, inspiring leader <laughs> or something like that, because um, the tokens hit a little bit harder um, and normal boros or like angel tribal is going to want something like this but like that's not every deck and even those decks have a lot of options so might not even be the best thing but this next one is really interesting do you want to do you want to get into this one
2: sure
0: uh this next one is beckoning will-o'-wisp uh, it is two and a white for a one three creature spirit with flying it has Lurithian wary at the beginning of combat on your turn choose an opponent Creatures attacking the last chosen player get +1/+0. Plus plus oh. So this is a really unique ability. Um, I think this is uh, an easy choice for for including in like spirit tribal decks. I'm probably going to put it in my Millicent deck. Um, it's it's a solid anthem on an evasive body with the relevant creature type. So that's an easy place to fit it in. Um, I but like this is pretty unique in terms of buffing your opponent's creatures, but only when they attack, you know, one of them, one of their own mem- number. Um, I am leaning toward it not being good enough to just run in general, but mm. I could see an argument for, I could see an argument for running it. Like, you know, we, we often talk about how like you want at least two plus two power, to for like an anthem to be relevant in commander well it's like you're sort of you could potentially get that it's just split across you and your opponents like you're getting the plus one bonus on your turn as you swing to a player and then assuming you one or more of your opponents have guys that they want to turn sideways and that they can be persuaded by this um maybe it's good enough i, I don't know yeah. what are your thoughts
1: That's kind of my thought, too. Um, I think this might be good enough. I think there's some decks where it is absolutely good enough. So, like, if you're running... um, Oh, I said her name earlier. The Spirit Tribal Commander. Millicent. Millicent, Millicent. yeah. um, This is absolutely good enough. It's just a Spirit that has flying and also buffs your whole team. But I think, like, the ability to, like, point people in a specific direction is something that people key into. So one of the things that I've noticed with, like, gahiji is that people go, oh, well, okay, if I attack opponents, cool, but, like, you're the one making that happen. Where when someone has, like, a curse of opulence on them, people go, ha-ha, and, like, attack them anyway. <laughs> you okay. know, they're like, oh, I want a treasure, like, that specific person I love to hit. Um, so I'm thinking this is going to be pretty good in in a lot of, like, go wide decks a lot for the reason you said like theory-based reasons but also just because like people tend to respond more to direct pointing rather than general like edric if you don't attack me (laughs) kind of stuff so um yeah i'm I'm into this card i think it's really cool all right uh
0: moving on to this next one this is I think the most exciting white card in the set, <laughs> uh, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um this is contraband livestock. One and a white for an instant. Exile target creature, then roll a d20. On a one through nine, its controller creates a four-four green ox creature token. On a ten through nineteen, its controller creates a two-two green boar creature token. And on a twenty, its controller creates a zero one white goat creature token. Uh So how does this rank for you among the, like, white spot removal options? And in, like, when would you consider running it?
1: Uh, I mean, this ranks pretty highly. So, like, I think if we hadn't have just gotten fateful absence, I would have put it above that. But I think it's, like, around there. You know, like, if I needed, like, a third or fourth white removal spell then i would probably run this one um i think like as far as all of the white removal it might not rank that highly but it's like very good like exile any creature is like very good regardless of if they get the ox or not
0: yeah uh i like this a lot um it's still like below swords (laughs) below path below generous gift um I put it below fateful absence, but that still leaves it in like the top five of white removal spells. Um, yeah, this is pretty sweet. Like the more than half the time, you're just going to get a two, two or a zero one. So completely irrelevant body. The four, four matters a little bit more, but not so much. And there's no guarantee it's going to go at you when they start swinging with it. I think this is just a great cheap, cheap, Instant speed answer to whatever your opponents are doing. I'm happy to trade like the the creature that is going to kill me for a four four. In most cases, Uh, I'm I'm happy that this card exists. I'm going to buy up a bunch of copies. Uh, I'd say like depending on your like like when you whether you run it really (laughs) depends on your color identity and how many better options you have access to. So I would not run this in black white because gotten a million options um but i would consider running this in mono white red white and green white uh i think like in blue white uh it's it's not really as good as like pongify rapid hybridization Reality shift resculpt um so you might leave it out there and then of course blue's counter spells kind of double as removal um so but in like Mono white, red, white, green, white, white, I would consider running this. Yeah. I I agree.
1: And I'm good to move on. I well actually I guess the last thing I do want to say one thing. Kinda sucks that they took a card this powerful and this good for every mono white deck and made you also have to have a D twenty and three different tokens.
0: Oh yeah. Very good point. That's kind of weird. (laughs) Not super user friendly. I um I totally agree with you there. Uh it's it's kind of the same. Issue I had with like Tybalt's trickery when we saw that because that <laughs> yeah. ended up immediately becoming a format staple. And now if you want to play red, you better have a D6 handy. Yeah. Um just anyway. Terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um Yeah, can I read off this next one? Go for it. This one is also interesting. It's called Cut a Deal. It's a bl- white sorcery, costs two and a white. Each opponent draws a card, then you draw a card for each opponent who drew a card this way. So um Assuming you're in a four player game, uh, they all draw one, you draw three.
0: Do you want to get into this? Sure. So, like, Secret Rendezvous is the easy point of comparison. That's one white, white for a sorcery. You and target opponent each draw three cards. Um, so, that card has seen a fair bit of play in in Quain, Brina, Shadrach, Silverquill, like other politics and, and group hug commanders. Uh, I think this card is. Fairly worse is it significantly worse possibly, um. So like secret rendezvous because it's just you and target opponent, you can target the opponent who's like in the worst position, uh, or who like has the weakest deck, and so it the the quality of cards you're giving away, you can you have a little bit of power to to manipulate that to to make it so that it's less bad for you than it could otherwise be um cut a deal it's the the it's because it's spread out like the the person who's winning the opponent who's in the best position is also going to get a card and those the quality of those cards are scary um also like as players are eliminated eliminated from the game cut a deal becomes significantly worse uh like once you get down to a 1v1 situation this is just like well I am sort of cycling this card and giving my <laughs> opponent a free card in the process. Um, so that is pretty underwhelming. Um, I would. Uh, overall, I'd say I don't love this, um, but I think it's still close. And I said this when we were evaluating secret rendezvous, I think if this drew me one more card. So if I maintained card parity, where like I spend the cut a deal, I get four cards, my opponents get three cards. Like that that maintains card parity across all players. And if that was how it worked, I'd be more willing to get a give it a chance. And I'd be even more willing to give it a chance if it was just like me and target opponent doing this split. But um, mm, see,
1: so uh, I can't remember if it was MTG Goldfish, like the Commander Clash, or if it was game nights, but someone did a uh, a check of every time someone cast Secret Rendezvous in one of those. Uh, Mm -hmm. like online things and the person who received the benefit of secret rendezvous won all of the games that that card was cast in. (laughs) Um, So I'm not very big on secret rendezvous, um, but I think I'm actually opposite of you. I I agree that I wish it maintained card parity. I actually think I'm higher on this than secret rendezvous, because I, I just think that handing everyone one card instead of one player, three cards, like even if you're targeting the player in the like worst spot, like, I feel like that's not as bad. Like seeing as many Karazakar decks work and things like that, like handing out a card doesn't seem to be as big of a downside as I used to think it was. So I'm I'm inclined to say I like this more than Secret Rendezvous, even though it gets worse as the game goes on, just because mm-hmm. I don't want any one player to draw three other than me. Um but again like we haven't played with this card (laughs) so like but i'm i'm more inclined like i have not put secret rendezvous into a deck i will probably try cut a deal at some point just to see how it how it feels how it works and if i just get like destroyed (laughs) the turn after i cast it or something like that Mm -hmm. but yeah i did think that was an interesting factoid that the whenever i I think it was the commander clash
0: What's the sample size? Like how many games was this? Oh, it was wrong? like
1: 12 games. So it's not a lot of games or something like that. But okay, it I was mean that's pretty... still
0: like significant. Yeah. I, I mean, well, OK, it's not it's not like N equals 30 or whatever, but no, like, no more than more than enough that you could easily dismiss it.
1: Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I'll have to checking it because I can't remember which one it was. So listeners can probably tell me. But it was the case that like whenever someone cast Secret Rendezvous, the person receiving the rendezvous was was a won the game (laughs) which is pretty funny (laughs) yeah but um i don't want them to stop making these cards i want them to keep trying so wizards like if cut a deal ends up being the sweet spot great but if not like please keep on making them um but let's keep on going we got a a lot of (laughs) cards to
0: go through (laughs) yes okay uh so next we have lazel's acrobatics it is three and a white for an instant exile all (laughs) not Exile all non-token creatures you control, then roll a d20. On a 1 through 9, return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. On a 10 through 20, return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control, then exile them again. Return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So, a lot to talk about with this card. I think um based on this and semesters and I think just going forward, we're going to be seeing these mass blink effects, uh, return things at the beginning of the next end step, which is has its pluses and minuses. Like on the one hand, it makes it so that you can dodge wraths, which I really like, but relative to something like eerie interlude that returns them immediately. Um, you can't combo with them as easily. So, which uh, might, might be a good thing depending on your, uh, your feelings on combos. Uh, but this is a powerful effect. It's it's one of the most powerful we've seen. Like more than fifty percent of the time, you get double blinks on your guys. Um, I am excited to see more cards in this design space in the future. I think as we get closer to a critical mass of team blink effects, it's going to create new archetypes uh, where you're you know blinking your Archaeomancer and and a whole bunch of like cleave apparition solitude just cool etb creatures and having a lot of fun yeah i
1: don't actually have a lot more to say about this card i i really like this card i think it's really cool um the, i have not jammed like semester's end and, and eerie interlude into like a ton of decks but i actually might try it with this one just because like the booby prize is those cards and the the mega prize is really good, so, mm. um, yeah, I'm into this card. Um, can I read off this next one? Yeah, go for it. So this is Legion Loyalty. This is a white enchantment. It costs eight mana, uh, six oh, and yeah. two white. Yeah, but what does it do? It says creatures you control have myriad. So that means when they attack, you make a token attacking every other opponent too. Um, absolutely bonk- bonkers. Um, absolutely crazy. So. Uh, just for reference, Blade of Cells, which has been a format staple more or less since it like came out. Um it costs two to play and four to equip, so that's six mana to make one creature have myriad and attack and all that fun stuff. For two more mana, uh, and or like sacking a like uh, uh what's the uh Academy Rector or something like that. <laughs> you too can have every creature have a blade of cells on it with Legion loyalty. So um, eight is a lot more than six uh, and the blade you can pay in installments. You can play it on turn two, equip it turn five or whenever you need it turn four.
2: Um, But this, this is pretty bonkers to me.
0: Yeah, I'm. (sighs) I I, I like, I, I want to like it really badly, but it's, eight mana in a color that's pretty bad at ramping. Um, yes. <laughs> and this is, you know, a while ago we did an episode eight mana game enders, and I don't think this is a game ender like this is this will get you some decent value. But, you know, copying your I don't know, your Stoneforge Mystic and your Skyclave Apparition. Uh, it's sweet. Like, you know, it it's certainly valuable, but it's not going to win you the game, and that's kind of what I want to be doing for this much mana. Um, it's kind of where I'm at with this card. What do you think?
1: Um, I think this card is big and splashy and cool. Uh, I think I agree. It's not like um, a staple, but I really like it. I, I, I'm i going to have a blast with it. I love I, I've i loved Blade of Selves. I bought a bunch of copies when that card came out and like I've been playing them in like a lot of decks there's just like a lot of stupid things you can do with it so mm-hmm. that promise of like do stupid things but like all of your creatures um is very fun to me so I'm definitely um I think I'm higher on this card than like I should be but not. I, I understand the limitations I guess I'll, I'll put it that way um I would not just put this in a white deck you know like yeah. i i would make sure that i have um the proper like ecosystem for it to thrive in mm-hmm. yeah, um that's
0: fair. so I, I don't know let's keep on moving i guess okay uh the next card is rescuer twinga it is one and a white for a two two creature elemental spirit with flash and it has Natural Shelter. When Rescuer Twinga enters the battlefield, you may return another permanent you control to its owner's hand. Um, so it looks a lot like Aviary Mechanic, except it's got Flash, so that makes it pretty good for God Eternal Oketra and Teshar decks. That's pretty much where I see it. Um, yeah. Is there anywhere <laughs> else you'd want to run this card?
1: Um, I don't know. If you're running White mainline. Lion, um, I would probably run this... Two. Um I know White Main Lion it, it, doesn't need it another other, card to yeah. do it, but like uh I noticed when I was running um when I had God Eternal etra like the fact that White Main Lion is like one of the only ones that does that means that when you have multiple of these ones, uh you kind of end up with the same gameplay. Um and and they just save your other creatures on top of that. So I, I think where you said is good and um I don't know. This is just a funny type of white card and I'm glad we're getting more of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I read off this next one?
0: Sure. Go for it.
1: (laughs) Simple and to the point. This is an elf scout. It's a two two for three mana called Rowing Harper. Uh, So again, three mana for a two two and it says when Rowing Harper enters the battlefield, draw a card. Um, Yeah, Uh, it's probably worse than some of the other ones of these that we've seen, Um, but it's still another fairly cheap white cantrip creature so we're going to get to that critical mass at some point.
2: <laughs>
0: uh yeah, that's, that's basically where I'm at. Like I'm still keeping an eye on these cheap EDB creatures. Uh I think we're as we get more of them our options are going to open up in terms of like blinking archetypes in white identities. We're we're not quite there yet, but we're getting closer. Um I'm happy to move on to the next card, though. Yeah. Uh, So this is Scouting Hawk. It is two and a white for a creature bird. It's a one one flyer, and it has keen sight. When Scouting Hawk enters the battlefield, if an opponent controls more lands than you, search your library for a basic land or sorry, a basic planes card. Put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. So uh, I. This is another like loyal warhound except a little bit more expensive uh i'm not excited to pay three mana for this effect um like at for three mana you can just get like a a dark stealing it or something and yeah in this form it's possible to reuse it but um you're also like less likely to even be able to get the land in future Mm -hmm. turns because of the ramping you've already done so uh it's it's cool that they're making more cards like this but this is not efficient enough for me to consider it.
2: Yeah.
1: No, I I um pretty much agree with you. Also the 3-mana ones have played a lot worse in like my uh experience. So like glad th- I mean this will be fun and work pretty well in limited, which is great, mm-hmm. you know. Can't complain there but like the I don't know. I just I wish that I wish these were a little better, <laughs> or I wish that they would like would work or do something else uh like when you're um at parity, you know with your opponents, you know what I mm-hmm. mean like i that the fact that I draw this turn six and we're all at the same um like level kind of blows, you know, yeah, so um yeah, I don't know that's a common. You can't complain too much, so let's keep on moving. So this next card is called Sculpted Sunburst, and this one is very silly. It says choose a creature you control, then each opponent chooses a creature they control with equal or lesser power, so you get the best boy. If you choose a creature this way, exile each creature not chosen by a player this way. So basically you pick a creature, everyone gets a worse creature, then exile everything else. Um it's worded very silly. <laughs> <laughs> and people online were talking about how like poorly worded it was, um, but that's basically what happens. You all pick a creature and exile the rest. Um, so, how do you feel about this?
0: I am. Mm, I. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. Um, it, it is unfortunate that like you have to have a creature out. You have to have committed a creature to the board, um, and if you only have one creature when you cast this and an opponent casts spot removal on that creature, then the whole spell basically fizzles. Oh yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's not lovely. That that
1: was the same problem I had with the, like, um, the five mana one where like target a creature you control and everything bigger dies.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I know um, what you're talking
1: about. Cause I, I actually don't even run that in my feather deck because it's been. Too not gnar- like, that deck is always mana hungry, so like having a a card that <laughs> I don't know I couldn't reliably use it to wrath uh mm-hmm. in my meta in in like a meta with like people who are want feather dead no matter what. So um yeah, but I I think this is funny. I, I, there's so many white wraths that like I I'm probably not going to run this, but I think it might be fun for some people. If you're like one of those goad decks where you don't want every creature dead, this might be fine. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't get to do my thing unless there are some creatures. Well, here you go. Um, do you want to get onto this next card?
0: Sure. Uh, this next one is Stone Skin. It is two and a white for an enchantment aura with flash. It has enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus zero plus ten. Uh, so. Pretty easy fit for Doran, um, Rasad, any other toughness matters. Commanders is just a really good ratio of toughness to mana spent and it'll help you kill people.
1: Yeah, it's funny that it has flash, but it's crazy that it's 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> like like Doran hitting for 10 or 15 or something like that, like insane. Um, Wild. Yeah. yeah, just absolutely crazy. So I'd pay three mana to insta give somebody uh, any day of the week. Um, for sure. Can I read this next one? Yeah. White Plume Adventure is a 3-3 Orc Cleric for three mana, two and a white. And they have, when White Plume Adventure enters the battlefield, take the initiative. And at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, untap a creature you control. If you've completed a dungeon, untap all creatures you control instead. So I I love this. I love Drumbellower. I I think I'll like the initiative because I like dungeons and stuff. Uh, I think this card's cool.
0: Uh, yeah i um like seeing more things in the drum bellower space i wish there were more good like just generically good white creatures with tap abilities um like you've got you know i guess mother of runes giver of runes but beyond that it kind of dries up there's just like not a part of the color pie that fits into white uh that Is useful in commander and like often appears on tap abilities like this is i mean this is potentially compelling in like a green white deck where it's adding mana by untapping your guys and like maybe you can funnel that into instance or activated abilities if you have a lot of mana dorks um but it also is nice that it uh introduces the initiative like this is, I think, mm-hmm. the cheapest initiative card. Um, so that's another reason I like it a little bit more. Mm, yeah, it's, it's cool. You just need to run it in the right place. So like Mariecki, Sissé, uh, the, the first Sissé, Captain Sissé, uh, Micaeus, the first one, Rubinia, Teriel, Jan Jensen, I guess, are, are all the places I'm kind of looking at for, for this ability.
1: Um, yeah, any commander that has like a tap ability means you're automatically getting value out of it. And then any like deck where you might want to untap all your guys for whatever reason, also good. So very into this kind of stuff. Um, so last white card for the day. It's called Your Temple is Under Attack. Uh, and it is an instant. It costs three, uh, two and a white. It says choose one. Uh, pray for protection. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn or strike a deal you and target opponent each draw two cards how do you feel about this
0: uh i am i'm pretty into this card um so i have long lamented how like expensive the white indestructible granting cards are because they're really narrow and you know if your opponent doesn't cast a wrath and you held mana up for like a, a teferi's protection or, or something like that or, I, I guess, like a better example would be, I don't know, like a, uh, uh, what's the one with addendum?
1: Oh, <laughs> the um, something formation.
0: Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, unbreakable formation. So, if you held mana open for something like that and then nobody casts the Wrath, then you kind of just wasted your tempo. And if you don't have a way to, like, another instant or something to pump your mana into, you just, lost value for no reason um, I like that this card gives you something to do even if the the worst case scenario never happens even if the nobody casts a board wipe this can still kind of cycle quote unquote um, by drawing you a couple cards and and yeah it's like card negative relative to your opponents but I I like that this has the the dual functionality I like that this is a split card and uh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of a fan of it.
1: Yeah, I'm actually right there with you. Um, just the ability to like cash this in, even if I'm helping someone else, like they just, I've played games where no one wrathed <laughs> and this is still good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, everybody take a deep breath, stretch out. Uh, we are in the blue cards now. Um, do you want to read off this first guy?
0: Sure. This is ancient silver dragon. It is 6 blue blue for an 8-8 creature Elder Dragon with flying and whenever Ancient Silver Dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. Draw cards equal to the result. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Uh, this is a pretty wild card. Um, nobody in their right mind would ever like let you untap with it. <laughs> so yeah. if if you're not capable of giving this thing haste, then I would say don't run it and then of course it is like also very expensive so you need to be running like a lot of RAM um I think it's oh there's just not a place a lot of places I can think of where this would fit into the format maybe if you had a way to cheat it into play like Mm -hmm. could this be something for like a a Jalera list or maybe a
1: I would say like Scion of the Earth Dragon, you're like, haha, now I hit you for eight, and also oh, draw a bunch of cards. That's like yeah. my initial thought with this guy. Um my favorite part about this card is that it kills you unlimited, uh, which is great. So Oh, that's tight. Yeah. Um pretty funny. You're like, alright, draw fifteen, and then you're like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. But um, yeah, this is like as splashy and big as it is, um, it's it it's so unwieldy. It's like it's like you pick up the like berserker cloud man great sword and you're like this is so cool and then you're like oh god it's so hard to swing (laughs) like that's what this guy is for sure like Mm -hmm. splashy flashy but like not practical at all can i read off this next card yeah so this is candle keep inspiration this is a sorcery costs five four and a blue Until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards you own in exile and in your graveyard that are instant cards and sorcery cards and or have adventure. So a very weird line of text, but it's only helpful to you. So uh, what decks do you want to run this in?
0: So I don't often run overrun effects that don't provide evasion, but because this is blue, like, a, like, there aren't a lot of overrun effects, period, in this color identity. And there are a couple blue decks that can make armies with built-in evasion. So I'm thinking, like, Talrand, Sky Summoner. Um, this can just be a way... Like, you're, you're obviously casting a lot of spells in order to make your drakes. So by the time you, you drop this, you're probably going to have a significant army and a lot of spells in the graveyard.
2: Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. doesn't
0: take... Yeah, it doesn't take that many to to kill somebody from that position.
1: No, I mean like let's say you uh I mean you're just in tower end, so you guys already have flying. Like how many turns does it take to get like five or six spells in your graveyard? Like not many, so mm-hmm. um I yeah, I think this is really good. The decks that are going to want this are going to be really into it. So uh cool. Blue card, didn't think I'd see something like that.
0: This next card is One of the more exciting cards in the set, it's um, one of the few engines that we're seeing printed in here. It's Displacer Kitten. It is three and a blue for a 2-2 creature, Cat Beast. It has Avoidance. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, exile up to one target non-land permanent you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So what do you think about this card, um, and and where do you want to play it?
1: I mean, I think this card is pretty nuts. So the fact that it triggers off of like non-creature spell means that you can, you're not just casting instants and sorceries with it, um, which is typically what these kind of triggers end up using. Um, This is like the full on prowess type deal that we're getting here. So, um, (laughs) like, if you're using enchantments, specifically enchantments with ETBs, and like, things with flash instance that you can respond to triggers with like this gets out of hand really quickly. Um, there is like a combo potential and also just like really mean stuff you can do with, um, I think it's parallax tide is the lands one, right? Hmm. Um, that's just right. it up real quick. So parallax tide is, um, it's an enchantment from nemesis. Everyone's favorite set. Um, and it costs four mana, two blue blue, has fading five, and it has two abilities. It has, uh, oh, just so everyone knows, fading is you remove counters from it at the beginning of your upkeep. And uh, if you can't remove a counter from it, you sacrifice it. So it has fading five, but that means it actually sticks around like six turns. Assuming you don't do anything, don't know why you would, because the next line of text is remove a fade counter from Parallax Tide, exile target land. And when Parallax Tide leaves the battlefield, each player returns to the battlefield, all cards they own exiled with Parallax Tide. So you can do a few things with this. You can kind of use this as a like mana reset for yourself because you kind of are in charge of triggers and when you cast things and whatnot. So what you can do is you can play Parallax Tide, like make a bunch of mana, exile those lands with Parallax Tide um make sure all of those triggers resolve and then cast a spell the flicker parallax tide and bring all those lands back um so it's infinite mana <laughs> infinite mana uh pretty good uh you can also use it evilly for evil purposes and respond to the trigger before uh all of the lands like have the gone before
0: like the you like while you're targeting them but with the but before they like resolve, resolve all the and way. actually remove the land.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, what you can do is you go parallax tide, remove a counter in response, remove a counter in response, remove a counter, blah, blah, blah. And then you go in response, spell. It doesn't really matter what it is. Brainstorm. uh You flicker parallax tide, you get the least trigger. It comes back with five fading counters, and now five lands are just eaten forever. So, that's like the, I think, the craziest tech with this card. It's really easy to assemble too, which is like pretty crazy. They're both. Pretty like cheap. They're both four mana. Um, and then that's just like one of like a million things you can do with this card.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like like um I also want to emphasize that like this card works well kind of with everything, and you don't have to work very hard to like warp your deck in order for displacer kitten to be effective. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't you can run uh parallax tide and, and try to assemble the combo. But if even if you're just running a deck with a bunch of mana rocks, the way this is going to work out is like, okay, I cast a non-creature spell. I flicker my gilded Lotus. And so all my spells cost like three mana less, or you can just run it in a, a deck that has like a blink theme already. And okay. I, you know, I'm just casting random non-creature spells and I'm flickering my, my skyclave apparition or my trinket mage or whatever. Um, there's just a lot of things that this works really, really well with. I would uh, definitely try to run it in artifact lists because artifacts can be both the target for the flickering and generate mana, and also the the thing that is the the non-creature spells that is being cast. Um, but you know, it's it's also provi- provided you have good targets, it's plenty good in spell slinger decks, um, blink decks. I I think this. Card can do a whole lot, um, and I'm gonna definitely try to pick some up once the set goes public.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's really cool. This next one is called Elminster Simulacrum. It is a blue instant for blue blue. It says for each opponent, you create a token that's a copy of up to one target creature that player controls. Um, so this looks a lot like another card that exists. Um, the one where like you steal the permanent from everybody. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think if you're in the mood for this, you'd probably just run Blatant Thievery. It is worth noting that uh Blatant Thievery is of course a sorcery. This is an instant, so you can be a little bit more reactive with this. Um but also i uh it's it's just so much worse. Like letting them keep the thing, not being able to to get non-creature permanence um yeah I, i'm just not very into this card
1: yep i agree it's like um pretty funny to me uh but again like the blue missing out doesn't hit me too hard Blue's very good so mm-hmm. uh, so this next one do you actually can i read this one too i really like this card yeah go for it so this is font of magic it is a blue enchantment so it costs four mana three and a blue it says, instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one generic less to cast for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. Um, so, th- I mean, this is very good in chooser lists and partner lists. Um, it's good in commanders that are lightning rods for uh, <laughs> removal. Um, say, maybe a Mizzix or something like that where uh, you are, if your opponents are doing their job, you're just not going to have her out ever. <laughs> um <laughs> And yet you still are going to get some benefits, so I I really like this card. I think this is cool. I think it like supports a lot of interesting archetypes. Like this, I, I feel like if you're going to run Gale, the chooser, the blue chooser that casts instants and sorceries, um, you like need cards like this in your list to be able to deal with all the mana that you're going to need to spend.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that we're getting these like significant uh, cost reduction on on. and sorceries so close together because we just we just saw spellbinding soprano in the ncc commander decks Mm -hmm. um and then there's another card we're going to talk about shortly that also can provide uh, a pretty enormous bonus uh or enormous cost reduction for your instance and sorceries um so yeah it's just interesting we're seeing so many in, in such a short span of time i'm guessing like it's the the intent is to try to enable like spellslinger commanders that aren't Mizzix or um that aren't Mizzix or Vadric. So like if you get a critical mass of these cost reduction effects, then maybe you can go for an is it commander and is it spellslinger commander that that provides some other benefit to casting a bunch of spells.
1: No, I agree with that. I think this card's cool, and I love that they keep making stuff like this. I, I love that they keep finding different ways to. Do it too. Like this is slightly different than like the other ones we've seen, which is awesome because then it's additive and cool and fun. Mm -hmm. Um so do you wanna get into this next card?
0: Yes. Uh so Elithid Harvester is four and a blue for a four four uh creature horror. It has an adventure, so I'm gonna read that first. Plant tadpoles is X blue blue for a sorcery adventure. Tap X target creatures, they don't untap during their controller's next untap steps. Uh, and then the 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 body of the, the card, what Illithid Harvester actually does is, when Illithid Harvester enters the battlefield, turn any number of target-tapped, non-token creatures face down. They are 2-2 horror creatures. So, uh, this is pretty interesting. It's kind of like an Ixadron that you have a lot more control over that you can apply selectively. Um, I am not, I mean, the plant tadpoles, it's just not an effect or a rate that really matters in commander but i think there's just going to be a lot of things being tapped in commander in general so you can probably just cast this uh nerf you know even nerfing like three guys feels pretty good nerfing a commander is clearly amazing um and of course you can run this index that provides the tapping on its own like gadwick the wizened Taps things down when you cast blue spells. Uh, Timon and Rhoda can tap things down pretty effectively. Archalos, Derevi. Uh, so there's a lot of decks where this is better than normal. But I would even consider running this kind of just in general, provided your deck like doesn't mind casting a, a five cost creature. Um, it's kind of like tucking your. You, it has the potential to tuck your opponent's creatures, provided they're tapped. And that seems very good to me.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I really like this card. Uh, I really like Ixadrone. And I think there's enough. You, you hit on pretty much all the ones that I would have said too, uh, commanders that want this, that it's really good. I also think like this is really good in Um, because you only like if they can't block with everything, they don't block at all. Um, and then being able to mess with their boards because you're already going to be casting a six drop. So mm-hmm. um, getting able to mess with their boards in that deck is like the whole point so this this card seems just really good there too so uh very cool um and very into this card very interesting uh it's funny to see how they made the like tadpoles like body horror thing work in a magic card um (laughs) so can i get into this next one yeah go for it uh is this Irenicus? that's how you say that
0: uh, I've been saying it Irenicus, like.
1: Irenicus. Okay, so Irenicus's vile duplication is a blue sorcery, three in a blue. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control except the token is flying, isn't legendary if the creature is legendary, and that's it. So, um, <laughs> this note here, more crocs, still no thumbs. <laughs> so that is very good.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, th- this seems great for krark deck because it allows you to kind of get started on your Karkin even if your Sakashima's not out yet um that's that's kind of cool and then also good in brutaclad um it's just another copy effect that will make a token that brutaclad can then uh i guess uses the the template for all his other tokens
1: mm-hmm. the one that i was thinking of with this too is um the Essex Fractal Bloom, I think that's his name, um, mm, Yeah, where you're like exponential growth with my tokens, but also like my token is my Essex and I mm-hmm. can just keep on, keep on tra- like like massive growth. It'll, it only takes one turn, but you're in blue, so you got extra turn effects. So um, that seemed really crazy to me too. Um,
0: do you want to mention anything else? Do you want to keep on moving? Let's keep going. Uh, next we have, robe of the arch magi so uh, this is two and a blue for an artifact equipment whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player you draw that many cards it has equipped for four and equip shaman warlock or wizard one uh, so well these like spell caster classes don't typically have a ton of evasion or power. Um, there's a there's a handful that i would consider this in um like bendillion click Adelise the cinder wind uh linvala 3.0 the one that acts as like a a selfless spirit Uh, raf capuchin widwin the biting Gale Kaikar joda yidris those are all kind of the ones i'm looking at and then you can also um if you have like a blue white x Arden list you can j- kind of just cheat the equip cost, and mm-hmm. it is pretty good. Like if you're doing like Arden and uh, what's the what's the partner, the blue white partner that gets real big? Oh, Ishin or it, it, something like I, that. Yeah, I think it's Ishin. Uh, or no, Ishin is the samurai guy. Um, the samurai. Guy. Oh no. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> uh, anyway, like you guys know what I'm talking about. You can yell it at the screen. Um, <laughs> so that's. That's kind of what I'm looking at for this. But any other places you'd want to run this?
1: Um, I mean, you hit the nail on the head for most of them. I think like they keep making reasons to play like blue, like blank Arden lists, like blue white blank lists. Mm-hmm. Are so co- they keep making these cool blue equipment that do crazy stuff. But um, Yidris is like really the one that like stands out to me. Like making sure you have gas after you hit with them is like crazy. Mm-hmm. So very cool. I'm I'm really into this card. I really think it's funny that they're giving um wizard decks in particular a little bit more <laughs> oomph. Also, the Lord knows they they need it if they're not trying to combo. Yeah, which is a weird number of wizard decks that I've seen in the world. So, um, can I read off this next card? Yeah, go for it. So this is Tomb of Horrors Adventurer. This is a 4-4 four, four Elf Monk for 6 mana, 5 and a blue. Uh, so that's that's kind of a lot. Um, when Tomb of Horrors Adventure enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. And whenever you cast your second spell each turn, copy it. If you've completed a dungeon, copy that spell twice instead. You may choose new targets for the copies. Um, so there's some discussion about this in our Discord. Um, so like Swarm Intelligence is 7 mana and it's just all of your instants and sorceries. But it's it is worth it to note that Tomb of Horrors Adventure doubles whatever spell. So like you have two slash three like uh, consecrated sphinxes, or you know whatever permanent or spell or whatever it might be. So I think that's where I would want to play this if I was playing a deck that like had some pretty gnarly like things that get additive or like get big pretty quickly. Um, if you Go like draw a spell into like Anthem and get two Anthem effects, like two Heliods, uh w- whatever, the the two two and flash, like glorious anthems and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's absolutely insane. Um so I think this is cool. I'm gonna see where I'm gonna put it. If I'm gonna put it, I should say, I guess. Um seems like you are getting the bang for your buck, you just have to untap with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that really seems like the tricky part here. Um of course I love seeing more cards that introduce the initiative, that's great. Um but yeah, like I would want to cheat this into play or have a or like maybe drop it in if if there's a way to grant it flash or something. I really really don't like the gameplay of I play this six drop on turn 6 pass. And I hope everyone is not able to to guess that I have a time warp in my hand uh, to cast on turn seven. Um, I, I think this is just going to die if you can't be tricky about how you get it out there. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> and with
1: that, we can move on to the next. <laughs>
0: the next. Card. Sure. All right. I hinted at this one previously. This is Wizards of Thay. It is three and a blue for a 3-3 creature human wizard. It has myriad. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast, and you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Um, So really the the punchline here is that, you know, once you have the myriad going, once you attack with this and get three copies, your instant sorcery spells cost three less to cast, um, and you can cast your sorceries during that window because the wizards grant some flash so well this seems pretty cool uh i would consider running it in like inala if i had a lot of like haymaker spells in that list because you can cast it inala instantly makes the the token and gives it haste and so you can get a pretty big um pretty big discount on your spells from the the very first turn uh without haste if you don't have some way to either protect it or give it or make it so that you're swinging in immediately this also seems like a really high target or like high value target for your opponent's spot removal
1: yeah i think this is really cool um again i think like you said it it suffers from a very similar problem to tomb of horror's adventure the difference being that like four is a lot less than six. So I think it is, uh, especially when you get your instance cost one less just from the get go. I think it is more easy to protect your Wizards of Thay than it is to protect Tomb of Adventures or, or Tomb of. Wait, or is it? <laughs> Flipping, yeah, yeah. yeah, you <laughs> know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, so that's something that's worth noting. But yeah, I really like this card. I, I think it's really cool. Um, you're going to have to work to. Um, Find someone to attack? Like a three three for four is not the best stats in Commander. So I think that's the hardest part about this card. hmm Um, but uh again, everyone, take another deep breath. And we're in the black cards. And um I don't know, can I read off this first one? Yeah, go right ahead. So this is uh, uh many episodes ago we talked about a lot of the adventures are on non-creature permanence. So this is one of those. This is Altar of Ball. Uh, so it is a, an artifact its adventure part is called bone offering cost three for a sorcery adventure so two and a black create a tapped four one black skeleton creature token with menace so there you go three mana get a four one menace whatever and then this goes into exile and you can cast it for two mana one and a black for an artifact that has the activated ability two and a black tap exile a creature uh you control, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate only as a sorcery. So uh something notable, like it doesn't have to be a card. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you could exile that four one menace uh or that zero one thrill or that like one one uh
0: bat Eldrazi or Scion or yeah, Eldrazi.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know like it doesn't matter what what creature you're getting rid of, just that you're getting rid of a creature to reanimate something. So I think this is good. I, I think this is fun. Um, I think this is good in like zombie decks. I think this is good in. um, I don't know, like Grenzo list, Grenzo 1.0 list where you you get wrathed and you want to keep moving. You end up with like a lot of tokens in that list.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah I think like I'm pretty much on the same page as you. Like you want to have a commander that can make tokens uh, or or like a deck that runs a lot of tokens. And is good at milling itself. Um, so I was, th- or like, just getting creatures in the yard. So I was thinking, like, Sidisi, um Brood Tyrant. She mills, or that whole deck is trying to mill itself and runs a lot of creatures. Um, uh, or, or like, and of course, she she generates tokens. Will Helt, the new Zombie Tribal Commander from Midnight Hunt Commander. Uh, he makes a lot of de- decayed tokens, and then you're also just running a lot of ways to get zombies into your graveyard and through various means. I mean, like Wilhelm himself is a sacrifice outlet. So I, I think that's a pretty good place for it. I, I, there's a couple decks in the the format, I think, where it could fit into.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely missing uh, missing commanders with this card, but that's because there's so many cards that we've yeah. talked about already. Um, so please forgive us for missing m- maybe an obvious one i don't know how obvious honestly they are but like at, at the least reverent medium like there's like any anything that's making tokens and also has things that make tokens like this is pretty oh. good how about know? the
0: the one from undergrowth is zone or the one with undergrowth oh. zoni yeah um, zoni seems great yeah yeah there that seems
1: awesome yeah really cheap reanimation consistently that's awesome um can i read off this next one yes this one is very funny simple to the point it's called blood money it's a black sorcery cost seven five two black destroy all creatures for each non-token creature destroyed this way create a tapped treasure
0: token boom wow um how do you like this card uh so it's i mean it costs seven mana it is unfortunate that it uh Compa- it it compares kind of unfavorably to the wrath we saw in um in the AFR precons the one that like rolls a, a it's like roll a d12 or something um it is called reckless endeavor five red red for sorcery roll 2d12 and choose one result reckless endeavor deals damage equal to the result to each creature uh, and then create a number of treasure tokens equal to the other result so that one is is kinda similar, also has significant potential to generate treasure, kills a lot of creatures, uh, but those treasures come into play untapped. So mm, like compared to that, I'm not super into this. Um I mean it's certainly like more consistent in its ability to kill things if you there are some really enormous creatures out there like the the reckless endeavor isn't going to do what you needed to but also i just uh it's uh you need to have seven mana and it doesn't refund the, the cash immediately um and you are on color for much better board wipes like after a certain point the red board wipes uh fall off pretty precipitously but in black Mm -hmm. you can kind of run as many wraths as you want
1: yeah there's so many
0: yeah that's Uh, pretty much where i'm sitting on
1: it like i think that this is like uh fine (laughs) yeah but you know what's ironic about this is it's a mythic but it's going to be a budget wrath so (laughs) you'll be able to pick them up really easily um and honestly can i read off this next card i don't think there's too much more to say about this
0: yes go go right ahead
1: uh, oh, actually, there is one thing to say about it, which is if you have a way to use the treasures besides tapping them for mana, like sacking them for some reason, that mm-hmm. then it's probably worth it. But that's pretty much it. Um,
2: so this next if card, is, uh-huh. uh,
0: one, I guess one thing potentially worth mentioning. Uh, I'm thinking of the if you're in like a green black deck, um, using that commander from CLB, the one that lets tokens tap for green mana this could like the tokens yeah 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 the treasure will be a little bit more valuable there because it's actually like a huge permanent uh ramp effect rather than like one shot have some more mana this turn Mm -hmm. just something to think about
1: yeah that's true
0: um so yeah this
1: next card is called call to the void and it's very silly it's a black sorcery five and a black sorry five mana four and a black so just five mana value each player secretly chooses a creature they copy Sorry. (laughs) each player secretly chooses a creature they control and a creature they don't control then those choices are revealed destroy each creature chosen this way so uh some something funny you if you have like a really gnarly creature you might just want to pick your gnarly big creature so that like everyone else uh, you only end up losing one Mm -hmm. in the deal but like how do you
2: how do you feel about this
0: uh i i this is like difficult to wrap my head around uh and i'm inclined just to say like i would rather have a board wipe i feel like somebody's gonna choose my best creature and if i can't save that then i might as well just like kill everything rather than (laughs) play this like weird mind game with my opponent's
1: no i'm right there with you it's really funny that this is a rare and our next card isn't uncommon uh speaking of our next card can i get into it yes go ahead yeah this is cloud kill so this is a sorcery cost six mana four black black all creatures get minus x minus x until end of turn where x is the greatest mana value of a commander you own on the battlefield or in the command zone um this actually is great i wish this cost five Mm-hmm. But I think I'm okay with it at six. I like it would be
0: perfect at five, but you know, I I'll, I'll guess I'm taking what they're giving me. So I I am pretty much in the same place as you. I actually wouldn't run it, um, but I really, really I would if it cost five. And and like the thing is, there aren't that many black. There, there's a lot of black board wipes, but not many that cost five or less. It's just like. Toxic Deluge, Damnation, uh, Nightmare Unmaking, if you count that one, um, Crux of Fate, and then that's kind (laughs) of it. So, but there are a whole bunch at six. And the thing is, like, for the most part, people don't play the ones that cost six, like Extinguish All Hope is in less than 5,000 decks on EDH rec. Life's Finale is in less than 5,000 decks on EDH rec. (laughs) So that
1: one actually surprises
0: me. I know. Uh, well, Deadly Tempest uh, somehow is is actually doing pretty well in terms of adoption. But general rule, if it costs more than five and is a Black Wrath, it's probably not going to see a huge amount of play. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, So, like, I like that they've been printing these rewards for high-value commanders. But the thing is, for it to be a compelling reward, it has to be better than, like, the majority of those effects that you typically see that can go in any deck. And Cloud Kill is not better than like the many, many six mana black wraths. So why would I choose to why would I like restrict myself to running a an expensive commander to run this card? Like this is not a reason to to run an expensive commander.
1: Yeah. No, that's another reason why I wish it cost five is like if I'm running like a seven or eight drop commander in black. Like I want to live to cast it, so I, I've been not super into these cards that like reward you for having an expensive commander by being an expensive card themselves. Yeah, it's uh, like I'm not blurs. going to.
0: I'm not going if. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm with you. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. say that.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get another one this episode, <laughs> but <laughs> um, so this one is uh, this next card is called Eldritch Pact um and this is a translation at this point so i apologize uh if this is not what it ends up being called but it is a seven mana black sorcery six and a black very splashable um target player draws x cards loses x life where x is the number of cards in their graveyard so if you're self milling um if you just have a bunch of cards in your graveyard if you have something to do with your graveyard this is probably really good and
2: it
0: might kill you so watch out <laughs> Uh yeah it's an interesting card um it's it could potentially draw you more cards than like appear into the abyss mm-hmm. if you've been milling yourself for large numbers, but of course, peer into the abyss doesn't really have any precondition um it's i mean, yeah, you can probably figure out where it's gonna be good if you're mm-hmm. r- running a deck that's really good at milling people, maybe consider it as a a way to to clinch the victory,
1: yep, yep um i i think this is cool i i just like tools like this i know this is seven mana but like the fact that it could just kill somebody is pretty funny to me so mm-hmm. um very into it Um uh, so this next one is really interesting this is ghastly death tyrant it's a six five beholder skeleton for six mana for black black So, Ghastly Death Tyrant says when it enters the battlefield, choose one. Disintegration Ray, destroy target enchantment and opponent controls. You lose life equal to its mana value. Or Death Ray, creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. Um, So, I I think I said that (laughs) But this is... um, They they had another Beholder that was like a Skeleton Beholder that was a common in Forgotten Realms that was this but worse. And they didn't juice it enough. Like, this this still seems not good...
0: I I would say like I, I totally agree. This is an awful rate. It's embarrassing. Blah blah. blah all the all the bad things you want to say about it. But like, if you're playing like mono black, and you have very close to zero options for dealing with enchantments, like okay, you've got your your one copy of feed the swarm, and and maybe you've got like a meteor golem, but like beyond that, what do you have really? <laughs> um so so and so like you're you're in that situation and you've got a way to cheat the cost on this because like you're not going to pay six mana for this effect but if you've got like a chainer and you can you know discard it to get it in your graveyard or you or, or sorry a chainer 1.0 um the the mono black chainer and you can discard to this to get it in your graveyard or bear it alive for it or something you might not be totally against it as like a potential toolbox target or just i don't know i th- I think there is a situation in which you would play this card it just looks very bad
1: <laughs> no i mean i'm i believe you i don't have any deck that is really looking to play this um but you're right mono black doesn't have the best options and it's a beholder so one day there will be enough of them to make some kind of your- <laughs> yeah is <instance laughs> something
0: they're um, going to batch it with eyes. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope so, honestly. Get get us there a little bit sooner. Um, So this next card, are you okay if I read it off? Yeah, go for it. So this is Guildsworn Prowler. It is a 2-1 death touch. It is a tiefling rogue assassin for two mana, one and a black. And it says, when Guildsworn Prowler dies, if it wasn't blocking, draw
0: a card. So that's pretty silly, but uh, what, what do you think about this guy? Uh, I was thinking in like Mary the, the killing quill or or maybe Mari the killing quill. Um, so it it is of the appropriate creature type uh, and it has death touch. So like if somebody blocks it, you're going to get to trade. So they'll be a new creature with a hit counter and you draw a card and it only costs two mana. So it's a pretty low investment. Um, I think that's probably where I am at with it. I wouldn't run this in like the rogue tribal decks, but I'd consider it in Mary. Yeah, no, I, I feel that too. I
1: think that uh, it's probably fine in the rogue tribal decks, but like, yeah,
0: I agree with you. Um, Do you want to get into the next card? All right. Uh, next is Intellect Devourer. This is three in a black for a two, four creature horror. It has Devour Intellect. When Intellect Devourer enters the battlefield, each opponent exiles a card from their hand until Intellect Devourer leaves the battlefield. And then it has Body Thief. You may play lands and cast spells from among cards exiled with Intellect Devourer. If you cast a spell this way, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. So to me, this looks like Siphon Mind, but on an ETB trigger, provided you're able to like play all the cards fast enough. Uh, what what do you think about it and like where would you want to run this
1: no I, I pretty much agree with that so i think any um deck where you can like flicker or reanimate things like at a good rate this is really good um like they put a lot of effects like this in this format for like tasha to support like the cast opponent spells things um so i would probably play this in tasha um the fact that uh like if you can somehow use the cards and then flicker this like is the super it's a weird draw engine and you want to be able to get all the cards out from exile because you don't want to like give them back because then they'll just give you the same card again so i think it's it's like really strict in how you use it but i think it's pretty strong and there are certain commanders that are really going to like this we're getting some horror tribal in this uh next commander decks that we're going to talk about soon nudge nudge wink wink but uh there's also cards now that really like this do you want to mention the elephant in the room with this guy
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it is uh it seems great for prosper it's just you instantly get three things to to cast and uh it's pretty pretty good rate so i i like this card a lot
2: yeah
1: um so i guess moving on this next card is packed weapon is really really cool it's a an artifact equipment in black three and a black to play so four mv says as long as packed weapon is attached to a creature you don't lose the game for having zero or less life whenever a quick creature deals uh sorry whenever a quick creature attacks draw a card and reveal it the creature gets plus x plus x until end of turn and you lose x life where x is that card's mana value so you kind of bob yourself and the equip cost discard a card. So I think this is cool. I think this is uh, really good. It's interesting to have another um, pseudo lich effect in black, but like a good one that I want to (laughs) run as opposed to um, something else. Like you put this on like a hexproof creature and you're pretty set for most of the game. So um, yeah. How do you feel about this?
0: Uh, It's neat. I mean, I like, um, I like equipment that have low equipped costs um it's a discard outlet that's pretty cool it draws you cards over time like that um i don't care so much about the like you don't lose the game because it's such a fragile one that like i yeah. i really would not want to count on that to keep me alive for very long um
1: no i think it's it's like a way to make it mythic you know like you could yeah. have had this card without that text and it could have been like a rare or something mm-hmm. Um, but you put that on it, and now it's spicy and mythic flavored. So um, I agree with you; it's not adding a uh, super a lot to like the evaluation of this card. But like the the trigger is really good; like hitting really hard. It's it's funny because there's like you could just bob like put this in a value deck. You're like Timna X deck and like attack and draw like a two drop and Timna's a four four now or something. Or you could like go big and like sign of Draco like. Here's like twelve, like plus X plus X, because I don't care about my life, and I draw. You know, like I like that it gives you the option. Like, there's that whole range to play around with. Um, I think that's pretty cool. So, I, I'm, I think this is fun. I don't think this is a staple, but I think there are decks that are going to want to play
0: this already. Yeah, are there any? I'm trying to think if there's any like black commanders that like when they attack or when they deal combat damage, you get to reanimate something like, I'm I'm just wondering, like, is there a deck that is already looking for, for discard outlets? Um, that would be and planning to attack is kind of what I'm thinking.
2: Um, let's
1: see. Um, I don't know if there's anything that triggers off of like how much damage it does, but I mean, there are a lot of black commanders that want to hit, um it's really good in jury actually because jury gets huge and then it just blows up mm. so that's that's something um
0: if you give jury lifelink you get it all back um i guess there's like alesha like this sets up your alesha reanimation
1: mm-hmm. yeah if you have a yeah the alesha reanimation if you have like anything with lifelink too like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know like the hit doesn't matter you're just going to gain that life back so that's also something to note if you're playing like in a some kind of snapdax or like Pieru the Volatile or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's also uh Drana the last blood chief, so Drana 3.0, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um she also reanimates things from a graveyard when she attacks. Uh oh, here we go. Uh Greasefang perhaps? Yeah, Greasefang's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, All right. Fun. There's there's some things going on.
2: Yeah.
1: So yeah, there's there's an interesting uh, bunch bunch commanders. I, I knew that there were some
2: things. Um but Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Alright. We're feeling it. We're finding it. Um can I read off this next
1: commander or I guess it's not a commander. Can I read off this next card? Yes. So this is Ravenloft Adventurer. This is uh oh, oh it it's a human rogue assassin, so a lot of a lot of types there. It's a 3 4 for 4 mana, 3 in a black, so 4 mana total. Uh when it enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. If a creature an opponent controls would die, instead exile it and put a hit counter on it. And whenever a uh, Ravenloft Adventurer attacks you, and you completed a dungeon, defending player loses one life for each card they own in exile with a hit counter on it. So it's kind of just like graveyard hosing, uh, like death trigger hosing, uh, but like in a very particular way. And they made it in such a way that it works very well with a commander we got literally like a month ago or whatever um so do you want to get into that
0: yeah so this looks like a card for mary like she also um wants your opponent's creatures to have hit counter or like wants your opponent to have creatures in exile with hit counters on them um and she puts them so like regardless of which one you play first it's going to help the other if you play mary first she'll put things in exile with hit counters on them so that ravenloft adventure can make them lose more life um and if this comes out first it'll just make sure that things go into exile with hit counters so that mary can then pull them out and get your treasure in your card um so that that seems like a good place for it i like that um they're there it seems like they're being very considerate of mary with these like lengthy type lines both there are only uh two assassins in commander legends Boulder battle for Boulder's gate and both of them also have the rogue type. So. They, it, it seems like they are trying to make assassins be more backwards compatible with like rogue tribal effects, um, which is kind of neat.
1: Yeah, no, I I actually really like that, um, and I I think this is like fine as a card too. Like graveyard hate ends up being, it's always. I mean, I'm the lo, one of the local necromancers, so I'm always begrudgingly like, oh, I guess graveyard hates okay, um, <laughs> and like I've had to stop like. <laughs> People get really mad when I run um, Kalitas uh, 2.0 in my Mm. decks still even to this day so I feel like this will draw a similar amount of ire Um, but I do like that it introduces the initiative I think all of these cards that introduce initiative like they're all juiced enough to where like it's probably fine to play them in general if you want to do that you know like I feel like this guy does enough that he introduces the initiative and also hoses graveyards and that seems like it's it's fine.
0: I, I think that like uh, I, I don't know I'm the way I'm leaning towards like this cycle. The adventurers um is like all it, what the ones we've seen so far generally they seem more narrow than they should be like I don't know if I would run Ravenloft adventure in just a random black deck. That didn't care about hit counters.
1: Mm, okay, yeah,
0: because like the initiative is is a nice bonus, but not a reason to run a card. And like if I want graveyard hate, I'm also going to try to do something more,
2: yeah, more efficient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So I, I I mean I would happily run this in in Mary or I guess the um the other assassin that cares about hit counters from the last Ravnica block. But uh this for me, I, I kinda wish that initiative granters and like monarch granters were just generally useful things because it's fun to have in the game and I don't want to limit the fun to just like these narrow archetypes.
2: Yeah.
1: I I mean I agree. I think they've kind of missed the mark in general, but these are like closer like like with um some of the monarch spells from the Commander Legends, like they're just like so close to being cool and fun and good and like mm-hmm. just miss the mark like the fire wild captain or whatever the red rare you're like that's oh god it's not it just it's something something else
2: please <laughs>
1: like <laughs> and that's kind of what this is too but i feel like this is closer more decks are more willing to like put in grave hate than even if it's not as good so i feel like that's what they're looking for for this like keep it casual which can i mean i feel like you can keep it casual without being this low powered, but we should probably keep
0: on moving. <laughs> yes, uh moving on to the last black card. This is Zentarim Bandit, one in a black for a two-one creature halfling rogue. When Zentarim Bandit attacks, you may pay one life. If you do, create a treasure token. uh It's an artifact with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color. I don't know why I define treasure token. You all know what treasure token is. <laughs> um, so this is. Um, Not incredibly powerful, but it is really interesting from a design standpoint. It seems like um, black treasure production is moving into a space where it's more repeatable, but it's sort of requiring less of you. Like, Sure, you have to pay life, but being able to make a treasure every turn at the cost of one life is pretty i'm i'm pretty okay with that this is and as we like see more of this and maybe it'll just be a tap ability rather than something tied to an attract attack trigger um i think this is very promising and i think black could potentially become like a more rampy color in the future if we see more effects like this and and in fact we will when we get to the the commander legends precons.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is something I'm like willing to try in like a my Timna deck with like little guys. Like having a little guy that I can get down before my draw engine that like feeds into the draw engine and also like gives me a treasure. That seems pretty good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm willing to try it. So, once again, everyone stand up, stretch, take a deep breath.
0: We're in the red cards. All right, we are moving into red. Uh so what is the first red card we have here?
1: So, unsurprisingly, uh, it is an Ancient Dragon. This is the Ancient Copper Dragon. So, the red member of the cycle is a 6-5 flyer for 6. So, a little bit cheaper, I think, all around than the other ones. All the other ones were 7 or more, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, 6-5 flyer for 6 mana, 4 red red. And it says, whenever Ancient Copper Dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20, you create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result so um you you'll notice there is a keyword missing on this card. It's um uh, haste so <laughs> red card without haste. hmm no, I think this would have been a- absolutely bonkers with haste
0: yeah, I think that's really the the problem to solve with this um but there are plenty of haste granners and haste granner commanders in this color um You can run in like a perforos or even like a Dragon Lord Koligon, there There's lots of decks that this is going to fit into easily because once it has haste and you're able to connect the turn you cast it, um, you're going to be mana positive. You'll generate ten and a half treasures per hit on average, and that's enough to, uh, well, that's enough for some like non-determinate combo yeah. fun. <laughs> so you will probably win in in the situation that you connect with Copper Dragon and have like an aggravated assault on board but because it's random and you could just get like a string of ones in a row uh you do have to play it out until your opponents are dead but fortunately he's got enough power that it's not going to take that many rolls yeah <laughs> um other let's see other things that work well with him um Hellkite Charger this one takes a l- little bit more setup um You either have to, like, have a ton of mana going into it, or, like, maybe you connect with him one turn, make some treasures, and then cast the Charger and pay the mana for the extra combat step uh, the same turn. You could also use Magda. So Magda has the activated ability Sacrifice Five Treasures, search your library for an artifact or um, dragon card and put it on the battlefield and then shuffle, of course. So if you're getting more than 10 treasures per hit, you have the option to either like get the Hellkite Charger and then go for infinite combat steps that way, or you can just try to get some two-card artifact combo, of which there's plenty. You can just pick your flavor there. Yeah. Um, so lots of there's lots of good potential for this guy. Um you know, it's works pretty well if you're trying to get to like the the high artifact, the 20 count for Hellkite tyrant mm-hmm. uh, like if you're trying to go for the alternate wincon there um it's so it's a neat card i'm i'm into this card provided you're able to give it haste
1: yeah yeah exactly i was gonna say pretty much any commander that gives it haste which is a lot of the fun ones this is like xenogod um even like uh oh what's his name commander Ol- old old the new Boros guy, uh, oh, the he gives haste and myriad when. Oh, like with, oh, during...
0: it's like the Duke.
1: Yeah, Duke, old forever. We, I just said this, and now everyone uh, <laughs> is gonna laugh at me that I can't remember his name. But the Duke from this set, even like absolutely bonkers with this card because mm-hmm. gives a haste, and you get three of them, presumably. So, oh, Duke, older Raven Guard. So pretty go. much yeah, any commander that is like granting haste, this card is really good with. So I would definitely like think about including it just for that reason.
0: Yeah, and also interesting, like there are other dragons that kind of fill this same role. Like Old Gnawbone also has a lot of the same combo potential. Uh mm-hmm. Savage Vent Maw as well. Like it's interesting that we've got we're getting some increased density of like this type of dragon that adds mana and maybe if we get a couple more in this zone then you can just like really easily slot these combos into your deck um i don't know i I just think we're approaching like a critical mass of mana generating dragons and once you have enough of those you can just toss in the combo pieces and like when you see the combo piece you will probably have the the other part once there's like a critical mass or, mm-hmm. or or it could go the other direction as well. Like um, if you get a critical mass of, of either half of the combo, like the, the extra combat effect or the mana generation, then it just becomes kind of free to put the other part of the combo in your deck. So yeah. something to watch out for.
1: Yeah, not uh, I would honestly say not a very long timeline before we hit that <laughs> point. So um, can I read off this next card? Yes. So this next one is part of a cycle, but this one in particular is notable because of its colors, or color, uh, nudge nudge. This is the Carnelian Orb of Dragonkind. So there are these orbs of Dragonkind that like do crazy stuff with dragons in D&D and D&D lore, and we got a cycle of them, um, or a semi-cycle of them, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they're in every color in the set, but I can... They're on that. they're
0: only in teamur the the dragons are concentrated in teamur in this set
1: yeah, so there's the three of those orbs so this one carnelian orb of dragon kind is two in a red for an artifact um it says tap add red if that mana is spent on a dragon creature spell, it gains haste until end of turn so can you imagine where this card is good <laughs>
0: uh well, in the dragon decks and also with dragon commanders, so mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. lots of those with a red color identity um it's good in uh Atarka, World Render, Dracos, the, the first Nicol Bolas, the, the Legends Nickel Bolas, uh Okogachi, the new um kind of Voltroni green red dragon from this set. Uh Vivictus is Monty the Dyer, Washitora. <laughs> maybe maybe even in Korvold, perhaps. Um Yeah, honestly I a-
1: think it's it's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh
0: yeah, so there's just a ton of places where this is good. I really love this effect. Um because it's sort for especially for like commanders that want to be attacking this kind of shaves two turns off of your clock because you're, you're accelerating one turn and you're getting the haste if the, the dragon or if like your commander didn't originally have haste so i just love this design i hope we see more cards like it in the future um like just uh, i really love like a lot of vanilla keywords or French vanilla keywords and the the, just granting them for free on something you want to do anyway is a super nice bonus that'll differentiate this from a lot of the other mana rocks out there
2: Mm -hmm.
1: no I love I mean multiple people have noted this but it's just so nice to see these three mana mana rocks like that are very specific it like really helps The format like feel more diverse and like more fun and you get excited when you get to play one of them so super into this and do you do you mind reading off this next card
0: yes uh this is caves of chaos adventurer so three in a red for a five three creature human barbarian with trample when it enters the battlefield you take the initiative when caves of chaos adventurer attacks exile the top card of your library if you've completed a dungeon, you may play that card this turn without paying its mana cost. Otherwise, you may play that card this turn. Um, so I I really do like the initiative, so that makes me like this card a little bit more. It is a tiny bit more expensive than the average for, for this type of design. Um just because like things like Prophetic Flame Speaker, Laelia, Stromkirk Occultist these like on hit um or like during combat impulse draw effects they tend to cost around three for the most part um but of course like the the initiative is a nice bonus i i think this is worth running in a prosper deck it it does like compete with prosper like for that four slot um which is a little awkward but i still think it's a, a good card i like bringing the initiative into more games. Um, and I think that, I think that it's worth playing with. I, I really, um, there's still room for more like four drop repeatable um, impulse draw effects.
1: Yeah. Um, I think this is cool also just because um, it ends up working with like a lot of like, old cards that people liked like the whole Naya theme was power five or greater so mm-hmm. all of a sudden like your seselem god speaker is making more mana with this out you're like sarkin's unsealing and your more ancients tread that kind of stuff um all of a sudden kind of gets helped out too so uh i think this could have been just like a four three trample for four but they they did us the favor to make it slightly more backwards compatible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh and I'm a fan. Uh,
0: one last thing I want to note and I probably should have mentioned this when we first saw the initiative in our set review. Um but the first room of the undercity is searching your library for a basic land and putting it into your hand. So basically any card that takes the initiative like or the first time you take the initiative for the game, it's kind of like a a cantrip almost. So even if you play this thing and it dies immediately before you get a chance to like attack with it and, and do the impulse draw thing, it's replaced itself with a card, which is nice.
1: Yeah, this is I, I think that really differentiates it from the other ones too, is even though you're like slightly below rate, like you're still getting kind of more than the other adventurers in the cycle. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. Can I read off this next guy? Yep. So this one should be pretty quick. This is El-Turel, El El. Elturel, right? Elturel go,
0: survivors. Uh, I've been saying it, Elturel. Yeah.
1: All right, cool. Elturel survivors. Um, this is a Tiefling peasant for four mana, three in a red. Uh, they are a zero four, but they have Trample and Myriad. And as long as they are attacking, they get plus X plus O, where X is the number of lands the defending player controls. Um. So I mean, the only thing I could really think of that like breaks this is like you it is alesha compliant but you don't get the myriad trigger the first time
2: mhm
1: and the other thing i was thinking but i i actually don't know and maybe you know is like if you populate the tokens like in gear Ed or something like that do you get to keep them or do they
0: go away like the rest of them <laughs> uh, i believe they i believe they stick around and my reason for thinking that is like the the text of myriad it's like the myriad ability that exiles the tokens but i think it only exiles the tokens created by that ability so i'm i'm leaning towards the populated ones stick around
1: more of a fan of this card then <laughs> <laughs> i would put in geared probably it's a pretty good um pretty good token to populate uh just mm-hmm. kind of gets better as the game scales so like if you want a beater that keeps on beating everybody, that's not, not many better, you know? I mean, like, there's definitely, like, big things, but for four mana, that can be a lot of power. So it also works with, like, fling. You can attack and fling it and whatever, depending on how late the game has gotten in your meta. So it's an interesting card. I think it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's... Um... I mean, it certainly scales with, like, the length of your game and how much combat damage matters. If you're in a more battlecruisery format where people are reliably getting, like, you know, 10, 12 lands on the field, then it certainly has, like, quite a, a ratio of, like, power across all the tokens to the cost. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, I guess with that, do you want to keep on moving?
0: Yes, uh, so Ingenious Artillerist is 2 and a red for a 3-1 creature human artificer. Whenever one or more artifacts enter the battlefield under your control, Ingenious Artillerist deals that much damage to each opponent. And this is uh, one of those easy cards to review. It looks a lot like (laughs) a Reckless Fireweaver. So Reckless Fireweaver is essentially the same thing, uh, except it costs 2 mana, and that's in 19,000 decks on EDH rec. So... A lot of the if you're running a Reckless Fire Weaver, perhaps you have a lot of Treasure Token generation or or Artifact Creature Token generation. Then Ingenious Artillerist is probably going to work for you as well.
1: Yeah, I really don't have much to add other than like they templated this different. <laughs> you know, like it used to be like Reckless Fire Weaver is like whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control. This is like one or more, and then count them. Mm-hmm. So not. Exactly sure why, maybe it's so that like the card interacts more favorably with like the things that uh like absorb one, you know,
0: I think the idea might be that um it's less it's unlikely to clutter things up with triggers like they are gonna do some sort of oh. limited uh baldur's Gate release on arena, and
1: oh, <laughs> I didn't know that
0: yeah, so if this is one of the cards they're planning on porting over like. Having fewer triggers when you make a bunch of treasures or whatever is... Yeah, much better. Yeah.
1: That's really funny. I didn't know that, and that will temper my <laughs> uh view of some of these cards moving forward, where it's like, that looks like a digital card. um <laughs> So this next one is called Inspired Tinkering. I really like this one. It is a red sorcery. It costs four and a red, uh, and it says exile the top three cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards and create three treasure tokens so so
0: yeah this is a neat one uh i'll I'll really quickly mention the places where it's insane and then we can talk more about some like just generally where it might be good so in vadric and mizix like the is it spell cost reduction commanders it's just insane like this has the potential to net you mana while drawing you three cards which it starts to sound a bit like a jessica's well <laughs> like <laughs> uh it it seems very very good in those decks and then it it's of course good in prosper um both because like it you know gives you the opportunity to impulse draw but also like prosper has other treasure synergies like you're going to run zorn in your prosper deck you might run like grim hireling in your prosper deck so just making treasures is more than just like refunding the mana of the spell it's also potentially like another uh another axis for building around but uh let's talk a little bit about like in general so like in maybe like a slow mono red deck do you think you would run this card
1: the um places where it's best are like when you can cast it for cheaper the fact that it has four generic mana is like huge in that regard Mm because like if you're already running a deck with like jace's sanctum and um the uh, goblin i'm blanking on the name like stuff like that that's making your instants and sorceries cheaper like this is already going to be a lot better for you um and i think like in a slow durnly deck or a deck with like artifacts energies or something like that i would i would totally play inspired tinkering like it's it's not like you can't one to one it with like a harmonize or something like that, but it's like pretty close. And in the cases where it's gonna do work for you, it's gonna be like much better than harmonize. Um, so yeah, I, I like this card. I think it's really cool. I think it's like not there's like a line as you approach the line, it gets better and better, and if you pass the line, it like gets exponentially better for your deck. But like getting to that line is the hard part. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm
0: I, I will say that like you know ignite the future looks a lot like this card ignite the future is three and a red for a sorcery uh you know impulse draw three and then until the end of your next turn you can play those cards um with flashback for eight and then you can if you flash it back you do the same thing but you can cast them without paying their mana cost so uh ignite the future is in over twelve thousand decks on edh rec and If you like ignore the flashback half, this card just seems way better. It's the same thing, but um, you know the you have this like (laughs) yeah you have this like higher initial investment, but you're refunding and like the net cost is only two mana for this effect. Mm -hmm. Um, it it seems really good. Um, I am probably gonna pick up a couple copies just because I like dirty red decks and I think it's gonna be good in those types of lists.
1: Yeah, absolutely. um So, do you mind if I get into this next guy? Sure. This one is very funny. It's Insufferable Balladeer. This is a Dwarf Bard for two mana, one and a red. They are a 2 1, and they have a flavor text ability, Vicious Mockery. When Insufferable Balladeer enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn, goad it. So, it's a little goad card, but notably, it's also a Dwarf. Um, so we know where dwarves go, especially ones <laughs> that want to tap, especially ones that make it easy to get in to there. Get in. You know, yeah. there's a few things going here. <laughs> I
2: yeah, played I in think, Magda, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so I, th- I think Magda is like, um, there aren't that many awesome dwarves in a mono red color identity, and so even though this is like a draft common, this still beats out a lot of. Dwarves in Magic's history, and so I yeah, think it burns a place in the deck. Yeah. Um, but I think we can move on to the next card.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to read it real quick? Sure. So this is Pack Attack. So this is a red instant, costs two and a red. Uh, it says attacking creatures get plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the number of players being attacked. Mm, you know, wouldn't be very notable, except it also says draw a card. Uh, this is a common but do you want to get into this this is pretty cool
0: yeah uh so this is i mean it's not a crater of behemoth it's not going to end the game but the amount of damage it offers for three mana on a cantrip is pretty remarkable i think um you know if you just are playing like a krenko deck or a zeta deck that gets a lot of guys on the board um you know you could realistically be turning like six guys sideways and giving them all plus three plus oh off of a single card like this this card could represent 18 plus damage without a lot of difficulty and that's significant for a three mana cantrip um so it doesn't go everywhere but it's i mean it's really good way to put a lot of pressure on your opponents in these red token lists
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i mean yeah my favorite type of card is very very good at this very specific thing so i'm very into pack attack i think it's really cool Mm -hmm. um this next one is really interesting because it looks so like innocuous and is actually crazy so do you want to do you want to i read it and you get into it sure sure so this is reckless barbarian this is a dragon barbarian for two mana it's a two two so one and a red for a two two uh red's getting a what is that the glory seekers soldier fortunes which one is that one the
0: oh glory seeker yeah yeah
1: yeah, glory seeker there you go um but this guy has a line of text um says sacrifice reckless barbarian add red red so it's a two two for two and you can sack it to make two red
0: um (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so definitely not remarkable. uh If well, I think the thing that really makes this remarkable is its type line. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Listener Raphael pointed out that in the Ur Dragon, this will let you cast a five mana value dragon on turn two because Reckless Barbarians cost gets reduced by one, so you can play it on turn one. And then your five MB dragon costs four, thanks to the Ur dragon, and then this provides the last two mana you need on turn two. Um, so that seems pretty pretty darn strong. Um, getting out like a, I don't know, like a a, a glory bringer or a gold span dragon, something that early in the game could be really significant. Um, mm. So I'd I'd be looking to fit it in there. And then another just like general note because. We're seeing these these dragonborn, these like small dragons. Um, it's making me want to revisit Colagon, the Storms Fury, and a lot of the other like Fate Reforged Dragon Legends. Just the fact that you can uh, that there's a lot of cheap dragons in this set, some of which are actually playable in Commander, mm-hmm. um, is is really nice and makes it a lot easier to fill out the curve in those types of decks
1: yeah and uh we haven't gotten through um well i don't know i think even like fairy dragons cards that make fairy dragons also kind of add to that if they're in the right colors too because all of a sudden you can kind of get uh, like mostly it's like the blue cards there's we talked about ancient white dragons stuff like that Mm -hmm. but again it's like you're getting dragons earlier than like turn five six something like that so you can actually like get some bodies that are relevant to your game plan on the board and then cast your commander and like do the the thing you're trying to do. So, yeah, I, I think it is really interesting to get all these dragonborn. I I think I I can't remember if I mentioned this when we were doing the AFR set review, but I do remember talking to people about it that like getting all the dragonborns is pretty cool. But maybe we mm-hmm. talked about it on air. I can't remember. Listeners might remember.
0: <laughs> uh All right, well, let's move on to the next card. This is Storm King's Thunder. It is X red, red, red for an instant. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell X times. You may choose new targets for the copies. Uh, So where do you think this is going to fit into the format? I mean, (laughs) so I love these just ridiculous big
1: X spell red spells we've been getting the last few years. Like they're all just so over the top. So if you were playing an instant and sorcery list, Storm King's Thunder is, like, amazing. I mean, all of these, like, cast multiple spell things are amazing. The finale of Red Spell, the Storm King's Thunder, the Crackle Power, like, all that stuff, like, uh, into all of them. So, basically, if you are using a Spellslinger Commander, um, the big two are, like, Mizzix, Vadric, um... I mean I I could even say like Melitus or uh the the weird what's the old old faithful is it guy that no one really plays much anymore. Is that Melek? Uh, Melek? Yeah, Melek. There you go. Yeah. I was saying it as right as I probably could. Um <laughs> All of those guys pretty good with this. So if you're running spell slingers, if you got red, this is pretty bonkers. Um so yeah i just have fun you know have a blast
0: (laughs) yeah definitely um all right moving on to the next card this is two-handed axe it's two and a red for an artifact equipment it's got an adventure so the adventure is sweeping cleave one and a red for an instant adventure target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn and then the, the text of the equipment is Whenever equipped creature attacks, double its power until end of turn. And equips for one in a red. Uh, It's this is a pretty neat card for five mana. Playing and equipping it, Um, you give it a a pretty significant bonus that stacks with double strike effects. It stacks with other damage doubling effects. Um, I think a, a big problem with like a red Voltron list is you definitely want double strike, but the double strike isn't doesn't stack like they're, they're really really bad in multiples so seeing more cards like this that kind of give you the effect of double strike but work like play nicely with others is fantastic
1: yeah absolutely i don't really have much to say i really like this card i think this is like how i would like to see effects like this in the future especially because the equipment part of it isn't just giving it double strike the equipment part of it is like more techie than Mm -hmm. that so i'm very into that very excited um can i read off this next one i'm actually really excited about this card (laughs) sure um so this next card is wand of wonder this is a red artifact it costs three and a red uh and it has a just a doozy of an activated ability it's four tap roll a d20 each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile an instant or sorcery card then shuffle the rest into their library. You may cast up to X instant and sorcery spells from among cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. Uh, and if you roll a one through nine, X is one. If you roll a ten through nineteen, X is two. And if you roll a twenty, X is three. Um, so you noted you actually made this note, but I have the experience with the card Chaos Wand has. Uh, it sees a decent amount of play for being like a clunky, silly. Um like artifact, it's uh I think four to play, five to use, colorless artifact.
0: Oh, that... it's it's less. It's actually uh three to play, four to use. Oh
1: cool, awesome. I remembered it, worse and I've been playing with it. Um so basically what it does is target you target a player, you target an opponent in particular, and you just kind of flip from the top of their deck until you hit an instant or sorcery and you get to cast that spell. So it has some funny play patterns. You want to use it like in the middle of combat or like as someone casts a spell in case you hit a counter spell. Um, like funny stuff like that because the timing restrictions doesn't apply. Um, and this is kind of just better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is, this is, uh, chaos wand, but like on steroids. Like, you're, you're getting a lot more out of it. It, and it like has these weird axes where like it interacts with like spells in exile, but like a lot of spells in exile. Um, it has an activated ability. So, like, I'm definitely going to play it in my Kirkesh list. Um, yeah, do you wanna kinda of keep on moving on the the tech train?
0: Sure, yeah. So um Prosper is another possibility because uh you're casting a bunch of spells from exile that could you could potentially get multiple treasure off of each of one of these activations. Um if you're running either a deck with uh Zeta or not Zeta, zerta as your companion or Zerta as your commander, then this is another card that interacts well with that, like paying four to cast and four to activate is I mean it's a significant amount of mana but if you can uh, reduce like those those ongoing costs with Zerda that would be I mean that certainly adds a lot to the cards playability
1: Mm -hmm. no definitely and like the fact that like you're exiling and get to pick from like three cards is so much better too. like chaos wand is like fine you're like oh oh well rampant growth or whatever but like the fact that now you're like oh rampant growth or like mm, or I could chaos warp that thing or like or i could get an extra turn like <laughs> and you didn't have to target the person in particular like that's so much better
0: yeah the fact that it's it's so much less likely to whiff is a huge draw for this card like i have seen chaos warps just like oh i flip into artifact destruction and there's no targets except yeah. my own chaos wand <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so definitely love the the opportunity for choice that's been that we get with this card yeah super cool um
1: speaking of choice uh you get a new choice with red removal with this next card um this is wild magic surge and this is also crazy. It's kind of like just a brick of text. It's an instant. It costs red, red. So mana value two. It says destroy target permanent and opponent controls. Its controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a permanent card that shares a type with the one destroyed. They put that card onto the battlefield and the rest onto the bottom of their library in a random order. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about Wild Magic Surge?
0: Uh, I think this is the most important red card in the set. Uh, I think it's an instant staple. Um, it's an out to a huge variety of problems. Whatever you flip into is probably going to be much less threatening than whatever you targeted. Um, and I would just happily run this in every deck I'm running Chaos Warp in. Uh, this is fantastic card for red.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add. I'm just going to run it. I'm going to be happy Uh, like your pillow fort friend has a sphere of safety out and you're like, okay, time to attack you like kind of doesn't matter what they hit like because they're going to hit another enchantment like now the sphere of safety is gone and even if it's just like a ghostly prison or something like that's so much better for you you know like like you you can always target the thing that is causing you the most grief and it's probably going to be as long as you're playing smart it's going to be like better for you in the end so yeah just I I love this thing I think it's it's a great way to do this
0: yeah it is interesting that it does give you a way to deal with enchantments because like that was the the greatest sin of chaos warp but Mark Rosewater came out and said that because it's changing into another enchantment, it's okay. Um, And I'm not going to argue with him because this card is sweet, and uh, I'm happy to run it in my red decks.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So this next card is called Wrathful Red Dragon. It is a 5-5 Flying Dragon for 5 mana, 3 red red says whenever a dragon you control is dealt damage it deals that much damage to any target that isn't a dragon
0: so where would you play this card <laughs> uh in the dragon decks um Woo-hoo. and then also it sort of makes sense in in like those decks that are running spite mare and boros reckoner um it's for it's like good in those like uh you know blasphemous act earthquake or i guess like rolling earthquake in this case um just those decks that are looking to cast big damage spells and then redirect it to your opponents using these these spiteful creatures
1: i mean i pretty much think you hit the nail on the head there that uh, it's good in dragon decks it's good in damage shenanigans i've been trying to think of like a way to like make a copy of this that's not a dragon somehow and deal damage to it but it's that gets like really convoluted really quickly so i think we should probably just move on (laughs) yeah i think there's
0: simpler ways to accomplish that yeah for sure
1: um so this next card is will's reversal uh so will from our choosers episode Uh, it's an instant it costs three two and a red it says choose target spell or ability with one or more targets roll a d20 and add the greatest power among creatures you control so if you get a 1 through 14, you may choose new targets for the spell or ability. So it's just a swerve. But if you get a 15 plus, you may choose new targets for that spell or ability, then copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. So if you have a big boy sitting around and you cast Will's Reversal, you get a cheaper uh, Wild Ricochet for like easier mana. Uh, otherwise, it's just a swerve. So how do you feel about this?
0: Uh, So I don't really run swerve and uh, well, and I also like don't really run wild ricochet and I don't know if like a 25% chance of being a three mana wild ricochet is really going to make me want to run this card. Um, So I'm not super crazy about it. Um, How are you feeling?
1: Uh, I'm not super crazy about it either. I like these effects. Like I actually actively like wild ricochet um and have played it before um many many times so i'll probably end up trying this just for that reason but like uh wild ricochet is incredibly meta dependent like there's a lot of decks that i have that like i've cut wild ricochet in just because of the play group that we're normally playing in like doesn't have a lot of big splashy targets for it there's not a lot of like time walks and stuff going around um and also, like the fact that you need a big creature around to really push it over the edge, like that that's not nothing, you know, um mm-hmm. so you need a five power creature to get this effect fifty percent of the time, and yeah, so I don't know, I don't think it's a good card, but I think it's a <laughs> fun card, so yeah, yeah, uh, but we are in green now do you wanna do you want to get to this first one again, do you think the listeners at home can? Think about what this first green card might start with, the first uh, word in this green card's name.
0: All right, we're going to give you five seconds to guess. Hey, you were right. It is Ancient Bronze Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, five green green for a 7-7 seven, seven creature Elder Dragon with flying. Whenever Ancient Bronze Dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. When you do, put X plus one plus one counters on each of up to two target creatures where X is the result. And uh, I got to say, it's refreshing that... Green got the worst member of this mythic cycle. That's not something that always happens, and you, you love to see it. Um, yeah. So like, unlike the white one, this one concentrates the power of its ability on just a couple targets, so it's a lot more vulnerable to spot removal, like the post-connection game state. Uh, really, you just need a way to kill those creatures or maybe even just a way to kill the one creature that's coming, that's going to come at you. So I'm not super high on this card compared to the other members of the cycle, which just get you resources that are harder for your opponents to interact with and, um, more generally useful.
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: long for the days when the green member of the dragon cycle was worse. Like, for for multiple reasons, I think it's funny that, like, the flying green creatures are worse than the other ones, typically. Like, that just kind of makes sense, color pie-wise. Like, regardless of what plane you're on, like, that probably should just be the case. But also, like, green has gotten so many wins in the last, like, four or five years. Like Like, mm. a long time. Just win after win after win or something new whenever they printed
0: beast whisperer that's when it the that's when (laughs) it really started rolling
1: return to return to ravnica or whatever 2018 Mm -hmm. or something maybe even 2017 because war of the spark was the summer set that year spring set something like that i can't remember but like yeah it's been a while so (laughs) i love it that it's 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 for the people who want it and that person is not me so uh if you don't mind keeping keeping it going we got uh Kind of the opposite end of the spectrum of green creatures here.
0: Sure, yeah. Tell me about this one.
1: Yeah, so this is Cloakwood Swarmkeeper. This is a 1-1 elf ranger for green, just a single green pip. And it has a flavor text ability called Gathered Swarm, which says whenever one or more tokens enter the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Cloakwood Swarm Keeper. So, this, I mean, this gets really big really fast in the right deck but I don't necessarily care about like a one mana beater I I do care about it in certain other decks like it gets counters like crazy
0: Yeah this seems like a really efficient combo piece for Gave the Guru's spores um really like Gave has just a million cards that work well with it so what matters at this point is how cheap they are and this is kind of solves for or like allows you to start netting counters for just a single mana so i think that's a good fit for this card otherwise i also don't really care about it i don't just want a big beater for one mana
1: man you don't want a one mana beater but they're so good in modern <laughs> um so the next card is explore the underdark and this one is um also pretty specific in where it goes it is a sorcery costs five mana four and a green it says search your library for up to two basic land cards and or gate cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. You take the initiative. Um so it- I, Yeah. Well, I mean you get into it because there it pretty much only goes one place even though it has a sp- specific line of text on
2: it. <laughs>
0: yeah. You, I mean you want to run this in the gate deck. There's you just want to maximize the the number of ways to get gates out of your library and closer to the bases end threshold. Um, but it is Worth noting that like the if this is the first time you're taking the initiative, you're also getting a basic land into your hand, so it's kind of like getting two cards onto the battlefield and one into your hand that might matter if if you're just trying to go for maximum value here um but yeah this is this costs more than the explosive vegetation variants we typically see, and if you don't care about the initiative, you should probably and run one of the better variants.
1: Yep. No, I think so too. And I think that's actually another thing though, that we've mentioned is just they, they made it so hard to take the initiative. (laughs) Like they made, they put it, this could have been like a Kodama's reach for four that Mm -hmm. you take the initiative and it would be probably better than what it is now. Or like if it used gates, like Kodama's reach for gates, you take the initiative, four mana. That would have been different and it would have been cool. And I probably would have played it if I cared about taking the initiative. Where it stands now, like it's it's kind of whatever.
0: <laughs> like Yeah. I, I was testing with um one of the initiative commanders earlier, um, the MON Mystic Trickster. And there's just so few even in like a two color deck, there are just so few initiative cards i want to put in there mm-hmm. and and it's like you know i'll, I'll play my mo in on turn three but maybe the earliest i can get the initiative is like you know there's so many five drops that make that the, the initiative there's a six drop that gets you the initiative yeah um like my commander just sitting around doing nothing for a while while i wait until i have enough mana to cast these exorbitantly expensive initiative granters.
2: Yeah,
1: kind of. It's kind of lame. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it, I know it's a major set theme, and I know some spicy cards in the set have it, but uh, man, um, do you want to get into this next card?
0: Sure. Uh, so the next card is Jahira's Respite. It is four and a green for an instant. Search your library for up to for up to X basic land cards, where X is the number of creatures attacking you. Put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. And prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Um, So, worth noting, don't put this in your super friends decks because if your planeswalkers are getting attacked, you don't get to ramp. Um, I am a tiny bit worried about holding five mana up for, like, expecting someone's going to alpha strike and it's just going to, and nobody attacks you or it goes for someone else or, like, you only get attacked with one or two guys because they're trying to spread the love um i so that's my concern is like i hold up a ton of mana and then end up with no like it not being worth it to cast um but there are a couple mana sync commanders that'll help you avoid wasting your tempo so if you're running like yeva or shigeki yisan um and like max the card that carries or the the stranger things commander that cares about casting second spells
2: oh yeah yeah. I think,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so i think all of those are good commanders to run this in but i mean uh fogs are very powerful in certain contexts in like very aggro metas and stapling a bunch of ramp onto a fog it has a lot of um it has a lot of opportunities to, to break certain metas. I'll say yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I think like if you you are playing at instant speed. So the the commander that came to mind immediately when I saw this card was uh, Rashmi Eternity's Crafter. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just playing on instant speed anyway. So they attack you. You jahil, jah, Jahira's oops. <laughs> you Jahira's Respite and you ramp and honestly if you untap with those lands you they're probably gonna, gonna win there's like a few decks where like if you just ramp four lands ahead of everyone else like you're probably good um but yeah even in just like a yeva or like a shigeki shigeki in particular is like pretty pretty savage like you can do whatever you want because it's instant speed and like they come at you cool i ramped if not well i get more lands or i blow that up or i draw cards or whatever so i i think this is going to be really good uh it's not going to have like the same uh like ink shield like blowout potential but it kind of does in like a sneaky way where like you're gonna untap with like 12 lands and Mm -hmm. the world is your oyster at that point so i i think it's cool all
0: right uh moving on to another card uh this is another in the um the vein of design that cares about your commander's mana value. So this is Mystic Genesis, or sorry, Majestic Genesis. Uh, six green, green for a sorcery. Reveal the top X cards of your library, where X is the greatest mana value of a commander you own on the battlefield or in the command zone. You may put any number of permanent cards from among them onto the battlefield, but the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Um, so I do... Like that they are exploring this design space of of caring about your commander's mana value. But I want the rewards for running expensive commanders to be cheaper than this. Like I want, you you mentioned it earlier, um, you want things that help you stay alive long enough to cast your seven or eight mana commander. And you don't want like more high-end things clogging up your hand. Like like you haven't, you already have like one expensive spell that you're always going to have access to. So you don't need to fill your deck with a bunch more. You need the lower end of the curve so that you can make use of your mana and the, the turns leading up to you casting your commander. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel in general. And I guess I really like I'm not really saying anything specific about majestic Genesis uh, other than I think it was the wrong place to start when designing these types of cards.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: agree with you. I think, like, it's fine. Like, I think this card is fine. Um, if you're running, like, specifically, like an eight or more drop commander, like, it's especially good, like a Galta, something like that. Um, and Alex White clay put us to shame by mentioning, uh, the Ur Dragon, which is mm-hmm.
2: uh, so good. That's so
1: <laughs> smart and good. But, um, yeah i think i i really would have preferred something else here like something else in green that cares about my my uh commander's cost would have been way cooler that i could preferably cast around like turn three or four you know like it doesn't have to be give you like a big advantage or something like that but just like something to do you know Mm -hmm. as i as i get there (laughs) so oh well uh do you want to keep on moving
0: yes uh so next we have monster manual this is Uh, It's an artifact with an adventure. So the adventure is zoological study, two and a green for a sorcery adventure. Mill five cards, then return a creature card milled this way to your hand. And the the main card, the, the permanent it's attached to, is monster manual. Three and a green for an artifact. You can pay one and a green and tap it to put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. So there are a couple decks in the format that are interested in like Elvish Piper And it's worth noting that although like the activation is more expensive than Elvish Piper, this does have the benefit of like not being a creature. So it's less vulnerable and you can activate it. If you've got like six mana, you can activate it the turn you cast it. Um, So I think those are some, some neat advantages relative to Elvish Piper. And I think that sort of like my L decks perhaps, or other decks with expensive beaters that are trying to cheat them into play. Uh, could be interested in this card.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. I also think it's funny, like, this book is going on an adventure, or the axe, or dagger, or whatever we've seen, like, where where are they going? Like, <laughs> what, what's going on? Um, yeah, that's not... not. I mean, I like that adventure's on them, but, like, mm-hmm. what, how'd they do that?
0: I like that they're mining the names of D&D books four cards in these sets like we also saw storm king's thunder that's really neat uh nice little reward for dungeons and dragons players
1: yeah actually really cool uh and the art on this card is phenomenal uh if Mm -hmm. you haven't seen it it has some pretty famous monsters on it so uh, i'll let you look it up yourself so get out of the car and google it don't don't do it while you're driving um (laughs) this next card is called scaled nurturer it is a zero 02 Dragon Druid for two mana, one one ugh, one and a green. It says tap add green when you spend this mana to cast a dragon creature spell, you gain two life. Um so uh, again it's another like two mana mana producing dragon. So where would you put this?
0: Uh so I would for sure want to run this in the Ur Dragon. Like in the Ur Dragon it's a Lanmore elf that works well with all your tribal effects um i would probably consider running it in uh the eternal as well just it's another way to fill out your curve and get dromoka down sooner so you can start getting your advantage a little bit faster um getting her attack trigger earlier and that's i mean that's pretty much it but that's fine yeah no i i agree i think this is cool uh i think it's
1: interesting That, uh, I mean, I know why it's for balance reasons and stuff, but just the only green tap ability is is funny to me. Because I I know there are green dragons, but I don't think about green when I think about dragons. But we've made it to the colorless cards. So um, I think it's basically a bunch of artifacts, and then we're going to bring it on home. So uh, bring it on home with some some lands in particular. So uh, can I read off this first guy? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, this one's actually really interesting. So this is Campfire. Uh, It's a one-mana artifact. It has one tap, gain two life. And it has two tap, exile Campfire, put all commanders you own from the command zone and from your graveyard into your hand, then shuffle your graveyard into your library. So, yeah, how do you feel about this?
0: Uh, So this is a... This looks to me like a plant for and hakon and i do love that they are continuing to support these black commanders that uh have a (laughs) lot of trouble getting out of the command zone
1: boy do they
0: yeah so that's really where i think this is going to be played and and not anywhere else
1: i think this is actually like pretty interesting for commanders that are like lightning rods for removal too though like i and i know that kind of sucks but like i've definitely played games where uh like my calamax like i'm not putting in my calamax but i could see someone like you play with the same four people every week and you know they're just gonna come for your stuff like getting that calamax at four again is probably worth like a slot for somebody so i I think that it's like i think you're right i think it's better for phage and hack and probably some other commander we'll see in the future but um i do like that some timmy saw this card and was like oh finally my earl won't cost like 12 next time or whatever (laughs) um which i think gets god all these artifacts are so funny do you want to get into this next one
0: sure Uh, this is mighty servant of luke O. it is three mana for a six six artifact vehicle it has trample ward discard a card And whenever Mighty Servant of Luko becomes crewed for the first time each turn, if it was crewed by exactly two creatures, it gains. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw two cards until end of turn. It also has crew four. So this looks like a pretty efficient vehicle. Um, Like the the size is large, it has evasion, it's hard to kill, and it has the potential to draw cards. Um, So I think it could be a pretty good addition to vehicle decks um i don't mm, i don't think i would be super keen on just jamming this into random decks but h- how do you feel
1: yeah i think like um if i'm making tokens with two power um upgrading two of them into a 6/6 six, six trample that draws two cards when i hit is like fine but that's only in colors that like might have a problem with that or might want the artifact synergies. So like um perhaps a uh Jorkadine, as I mentioned earlier, something like that, where like you turn your two mirror tokens into like more like less damage but more cards or something like that. So I I don't I think it's like pretty niche for the most part. But yeah, definitely vehicle decks. I just love seeing more good vehicles um and like inventive vehicles too for the vehicles list so the deck is really going to feel separate from like other artifact lists like that's pretty cool
0: and and just one quick note on this um just be aware that you can overcrew vehicles so Mm -hmm. even if Mm -hmm. you have like a 4-4 on the board you can like tap like your 2-2 as well to crew this so it is uh, a little easier to get exactly two creatures than than you might think
1: yeah and uh it's each time it deals combat damage, so if you can somehow give it double strike, you can draw four a turn, which is pretty nuts, but someone's probably dead pretty quick after that, <laughs> taking 12 a turn, so um, can I read off this next one? Sure. So vehicle deck, again, gets a little treat with Nautiloid Ship. Um, it is a 5-5 five, five flying vehicle for four mana, and it says when Nautiloid Ship enters the battlefield, exile target player's graveyard. Whenever Nautiloid ship deals combat damage to a player, you may put a creature card exiled with Nautiloid ship onto the battlefield under your control, and it has crew three. So, uh, again, I uh, I really like this in vehicle decks. Do you want to mention it in other places? Or or I guess let's just go deeper on Nautiloid ship first.
0: Sure. Um, so I was thinking, like, well the the two most played vehicles in commander are smuggler's copter and cultivator's caravan and it's because they offer things that are generally useful and they're cheap to cast um so i don't think not ship quite meets that criteria uh like you know it costs four mana and exiling target player player's graveyard exiling one player's graveyard is not mm, it's, it's not, not crazy yeah <laughs> it's not crazy. it's not what you like are really trying to pack into your decks. It's like a nice bonus to fit on a land um so I don't think this is going to be like broadly useful, but there are some places other than pure vehicle decks where I think it could be good. I was thinking like Alibu, the red white artifact creature tribal commander from um the lorehold precon, so she has the ability to uh Ping things down when you attack with your artifact creatures, so she can fill up graveyards with targets for the Nautiloid ship. And she also grants artifact creatures haste, so you can drop a Nautiloid ship, exile some of the things you pinged, uh, crew it, and then swing with it immediately to get that onto the battlefield under your control.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's really cool. Yeah, again, like I'm, I don't know, I just like seeing super specific vehicles <laughs> for these because ve- <laughs> i still would play this in like a depala or whatever you know like a katose or whatever the the white blue vehicle guy was like like all those things this is still good and the fact that like there are some other uses uh like that alibu and stuff like that super cool uh, if you can flicker it too like so you get all the creatures out from the the void and then can kind of keep it going that's also bonus points but that's a little more work. I'll let you do, deal with that if you're listening at home. <laughs> um, so this next card is Noble's Purse. It is a two-mana artifact. It says, Noble's Purse enters the battlefield tapped and with three coin counters on it. And it has tap, remove a coin counter from Noble's Purse, create a treasure token. Um, yeah, what, what would you... I mean, it's it's ostensibly a mana rock. It's basically like the... Sphere uh, of the Suns. Sphere of the Suns, but like also not <laughs> at the same time
0: yeah i like um i like this design i think i'd play this in jolene the plunder queen um because she has the ability to add get you an additional treasure whenever you make one so a two mana rock that tap that like accelerates out your jolene and then creates two treasures every turn after that or or at least for a couple turns that seems pretty appealing to me Um but other than that i'm not sure but of course we may see more treasure commanders in the future Uh, so i think this is something to keep in mind
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i i think if you can proliferate this is fine it's kind of the same as fear of Suns, but like more techie and then if you care about treasure or like you can make like multiple treasure happen you're already running zorn and stuff like that like then heck yeah this is great so i think exactly what you said it's just i love when they put like a small tweak on a design we've seen that like adds a lot of functionality to it. I think that's really cool. Um speaking of small twink small Small twink. twink <laughs> speaking <yeah. laughs> of a small tweak on a design we've seen like a million times. Do you wanna get into this next card?
0: Yeah, this is Patriar's Seal. Three mana for an artifact, it taps for one mana of any color. And you can pay one and tap it to untap target legendary creature you control. Uh so. This seems quite good. There's a lot of places that um, there are a lot of commanders in the format that run Minamo and plenty more that run Mage Rite Stone. Uh, this is just like a useful ability for those commanders with tap effects that is stapled onto a, a generally useful mana rock design. Um, I, I really love how much exploration they've done with mana rocks in this set. Um, it's making me yeah. really excited for the next Commander Legends. But <laughs> this is just a fantastic one. Um, you know, you can kind of figure out where it's gonna be good, but it seems especially good in uh, a couple places like Osgear, who is able who could like sacrifice it, make a copy of it, and then you can untap him twice. Uh it's also really good in Oswald Fiddlebender, because you can um use it to untap Oswald and then sacrifice this to go get like a four-drop. So very cool design and i, I think it's going to be a good addition to the format
2: yeah
1: there's a lot of decks that are like going to be really happy about this like i'm even thinking about putting this in like my willow desk and stuff like that just as like even more untaps um because i realized that the umbral mana was kind of kind of crap, so mm-hmm. i'm trying to rein it in a little bit anyway yeah. <laughs> stone speaker crystal um, is another artifact in the set. So this is a four-mana artifact that has tap, add two colorless, um, and it also has two tap, sacrifice, stone speaker crystal, exile any number of target player's graveyards, draw a card. So, yeah, I mean, this. the glaring comparison is Hedron Archive. How do you think this compares to Hedron Archive?
0: I would say... That's interesting. I guess it depends on, like, how often you crack your hedron archive. I probably crack mine less than I should, which makes stone speaker crystal more appealing to me. Um, Like if you get most of your value out of hedron archive, just from the front half of like being a sys ring, uh, then that's fantastic. And then you can really only, then you can just plan to crack it when some graveyard is threatening to do something really heinous. Um, but if you're somebody who like like maybe in Kerkesh for example uh I don't know if you crack Hadron Archive more often just to draw a million cards in which case this is clearly inferior but how, how do you feel
2: yeah I actually
1: crack my Hadron Archive pretty often um but I mean I'm specifically running it in either like decks that kind of make a bunch of mana and so like eventually i can cash it in or like kirkash where it's draw four for three instead um so i might be an outlier here in that regard but this isn't quite enough value for me to run it in place of that like i could see maybe some metas you're just surrounded by necromancers and like any like every single uh like scavenger grounds you can get is probably worth it so if if you're like in that meta where you're just hounded by graveyard decks and you also need a hedron archive then i I guess maybe I would run this over that but I, I think it's just like to taste you know i i don't i don't think it's like necessarily i don't think I can say it's better than hedron archive or or worse I think it's just most people would. Probably want Hedron Archive more. Maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd rather have two cards.
0: <laughs> I I think it's I I think like I mean certainly in the general case, Hedron Archive is better. Um I like that they're trying to fit more graveyard hate onto just like cards that can fit into most decks. Uh that's pretty sweet. Um I think that like you know, I was really complaining during the when we're talking about the SNC precons. Um, the the Nuka Penapricons that the the graveyard hate in that set seemed really underpowered. It just didn't seem like it was going to be something that people would play. So I'm happy to see that in this set they're they're pushing on it a little bit more. So a nice design, even if it's not possibly not good, as good as Hedron Archive in, in many metas, but. Uh I I am happy to see it added to the format.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like at giving people a tool for the people who need it. Like great, excellent, love it. Um, so this next one is Vexing Puzzle Box, and I'm I'm a huge fan. You'll notice uh these have pretty much been mana rocks the last few. This is I think the uh the last mana rock <laughs> that we're gonna talk about today. So Vexing Puzzle Box is an artifact, it costs three. Uh, And it says whenever you roll one or more dice, put a number of charge counters on Vexing Puzzle Box equal to the result. Uh, It says tap, add one mana of any color, roll a d20, period. That's it. (laughs) And then tap, remove 100 charge counters from Vexing Puzzle Box. Search your library for an artifact card. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle. So I just got to tap this five times, right? (laughs) Just
0: (laughs) get really lucky. Yeah, right? Mm Mm-hmm uh i think this is i mean clearly this is good in the dice rolling commanders um like faraday you've got 50 50 chance of drawing a card every time you tap this mana rock that seems pretty good um in will the chooser that cares about dice rolling he can he basically um is like a Clark's other thumb he can help you roll multiple dice and so you can potentially like juice your rolls and, and get to those hundred charge counters a little more quickly. Um and then also in Vrondis, the red green face commander from the um, AFR precons, he likes it when you roll dice. Uh, I think he costs 5 mana too, so it's like yeah. perfect for yeah, making your curve. Um and when you and when you roll one of our dice, you can have Vrondis deal damage to itself, which triggers in his enrage ability. So just really easy inclusion in that deck, uh, but yeah. other than that, i I don't think I would just run this in a in a random deck and like hope to eventually get hundred charge counters. Maybe if you like, is there any deck that's really good at untapping artifacts a bunch of times?
1: Um, untapping artifacts. I mean, there are artifact decks that run the untap artifact cards a lot, but i'd have to i can't think of like the commander off the top of my head that maybe
0: if <laughs> has it Citri, I think that like, Galvanic
1: genius something like that maybe
0: yeah like maybe um maybe in sort of like a less competitive build that's going for like dramatic scepter combo um this can kind of be a win condition in that case like it's just a mana rock that sits around, but when you have dramatic scepter going, you can get the you, i mean you can roll an arbitrary number of dice and then potentially activate it this multiple times and get like several artifact combo pieces but i don't know if that's actually good enough because most of the time this is just like a dark stealing it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's just a very fancy dark stealing it i don't know maybe yeah. like i'm trying to think like arkham Daxen might run enough of them um... Um, I
0: mean it's it's certainly a lot harder now that Paradox Engine is gone but I guess yeah. there is hmm.
1: Dalikos, maybe or like an Emery to like farmer ability and untap your artifact I'm not sure so so if you have a de- I made artifact decks that untap a lot of things but it wasn't because of the c- commander in particular like the commander didn't necessarily factor in so mm-hmm. I don't know if you have one let us know um that we're like forgetting for whatever reason um last artifact do you want to talk about this one
0: yeah i think we can actually lump this into all the lands that we're about to talk about because they're all related to a certain (laughs) land type um -hmm. so we'll start off with navigation orb this is three mana artifact two tap sacrifice navigation orb search your library for up to two basic land cards and or gate cards Reveal those cards, put one onto the battlefield tapped and the other into your hand, then shuffle. And I I'm not gonna run like this five mana Kodama's reach in just a random deck, but I would happily run it in the gate deck. Uh uh-huh. any any other words on navigation orb?
1: No, that's exactly what I would say too.
0: So actually, well, actually let me ask you, would you consider it for Kirkesh?
2: Oh. Um, Hmm. Mm. I guess I'm not. Re- well, it puts one onto the battlefield.
1: Uh, I actually might. Now that you mention it, hey, thanks.
0: <laughs> okay. All yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I might. I might actually do that. That's probably worth it. It's probably better than some of the ones that just get lands like to your hand.
0: Yeah, like an armillary sphere or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay.
1: Well, do you want to get into some of these gates?
0: sure uh so there are nine gates in this set because there are apparently nine gates in baldur's gate uh we'll start with the the eponymous one the titular <laughs> card um baldur's gate is a legendary land gate it taps for a colorless and it has two tap add x mana of any one color where x is the number of other gates you control so uh just for your awareness you need four other gates. On the battlefield for this to net mana off of its its second ability um so this is not something that's going to happen unless you're running like every single gate ramp card printed um <laughs> yeah. so just keep that in mind that i think this is just a i mean this is just a card for the gate deck um but i i wouldn't really try to make a gate package or, or just like let, let, yeah, like, would we're you run get, this if gonna you were get just getting, running you know, 10 gates in, in like your your multicolor mana base Five um, deck?
1: oh i mean if i was running 10 gates i would end up playing the other spells that help that too you know so yeah that's kind of a little it's like at what point is my deck like not a gate deck or not a, a sub theme of gates mm-hmm. at some point you know so um but i do think that that is a good point to make though is that like gates are just pretty I mean, at this point, they're pretty good budget options with the exception of, I think, Maze's End, which has ballooned in price. But mm-hmm. um, in general, gates are pretty good mana fixing and, on a budget. So I, I am totally fine with, like, someone wants to run all these five mana uh, explosive vegetations and Baldur's Gate and stuff. Like, cool, yeah, go for it. Like, I'm, I'm glad you have, like, a pretty good reward for trying to stay in budget. That makes me happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Uh, i I feel like we can just read off these gate cards like there's not i don't know that there's (laughs) going to be much analysis we need to do No,
1: yeah honestly i think that's totally fine because the last one in particular is the the cycle so let's let's just go through these all and then we'll we'll talk about gates
0: in general yeah okay so next is basilisk gate it's a land it's a gate it taps for a colorless and it has two tap target creature gets plus x plus x until end of turn Where X is the number of gates you control. Activate only as a sorcery. All right, your turn. You read off the next gate.
1: So the next one is Gond Gate. Uh, It is an uncommon. Uh, It says gates you control enter the battlefield untapped. Ooh, spicy. It taps for colorless. And it taps for one mana of any color that a gate you control could produce. So I'm going to popcorn it back to you.
0: Alright, Heap Gate. It it taps for a colorless. It's a land. It's a gate. It also has one tap. Add one mana of any color and it has one tap tap an untapped gate you control create a treasure token yeah all right popcorn back to you
1: yeah so this last one is actually five of them but they they have different names doesn't really matter uh this one in particular is the white member of the cycle it is citadel gate uh it enters the battlefield tapped when it enters the battlefield you can choose a color other than white and it taps for white or the chosen color so uh there's one for all five colors as you can imagine Uh, they're basically just the thriving lands with gate attached to them and you know what i'm fine with that Mm -hmm. so yeah how gates how do we feel how do we like these new additions
0: so i guess sort of the question i want to pose and we can both sort of throw out answers for this is like what is the best shell for gates like for a long time um like people were running Golos as a gate commander but that's no longer an ap- an option. We have 9 Fingers Keen, but that does cut off uh about half the gates um from being played in your deck. Um so what 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 decks <laughs> do you want to run gates in? Where are you trying to make it happen or when like what commanders best support it?
1: Um that's a great question. I think like with the advent of Baldur's Gate now, like I think it is feasible to run gates in like green in three colors and like be pretty okay with it, but like there aren't really many commanders that like are five colors and uh want them. You know, like like it's kind of just a thing that you can do. I mean, like maybe like Essica, God of the Tree or something has a gate sub theme in it. Like, you know, none of them really like lend themselves to this design. And part of that is because five color has to be pretty broad. Um, if you have no limitation on what you can do within the colors of magic, then like. You end up doing some pretty wacky stuff, so yeah. i I don't know who the de facto gate commander is other than nine fingers Keen maybe like garth one eyed becomes like a gate deck because people i don't know don't have other ideas for him <laughs> or something like not quite sure what to do with them all, but like they we got' them. um i i think honestly. What it's going to come down to is like if you had or if you're willing to buy a mazes end and the rest of your uh, lands, you want to be budget. I think that's really going to define like when you run a gate package in your three plus color list Mm -hmm. because nothing really screams at me. Maybe maybe there's a partner combination I'm forgetting about, but that's how I feel about it.
0: Okay, I've got a couple. I've got like two ideas, but one of them. For sure, sucks. I'll tell you the bad one first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing you can do, and I have seen this on Arena a little bit. Um, so you can build the first Sliver as a deck with only two spells in it, um, and basically, you like the the game plan is you cast the first Sliver, you cascade into the only spell in the deck which costs less than five uh which is Tybalt's trickery, and you Tybalt's trickery your own first sliver, and then Tybalt's trickery uh flips you into flips you into the only other spell in the deck, which is <laughs> oh gosh, what's it called again? Um it's the big green dumb thing from Crimson Val.
1: Oh, it's a big green dumb thing. Cultivator um, Colossus, I think yeah.
0: that's it. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, Cultivator Colossus. So, Cultivator Colossus. Uh, for those who don't remember it, um, it when it enters the battlefield, you can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield tapped, and if you do, draw a card and repeat this process. So, you cast that off of your Tibbles Trickery, uh, and because your deck is you know ninety-seven lands, you just keep dropping lands and drawing cards, um, and uh, <laughs> and then you um, basically get all of your lands in your deck. Onto the onto the battlefield, you can choose to stop at one point. Thankfully, it is you may, so you yeah. don't deck yourself. But basically, you're going until you have Mazes End and ten gates, and then you just have to wait until your next turn and activate the <laughs> Mazes End. Yeah. So if you really, really want to do just Mazes End, that is the most efficient way to do it. Um, <laughs> but it sucks because you don't actually like really get. To play the fun gate cards. Like you can't run um circuitous route or like the gate summit or or just like any of the cards that say gate on on them in the text box. Um so that that's one option. That's the sucky one. And then <laughs> the other one is just um the other one is just like Child of Alara because
1: Oh yeah, because you don't want permanents or like nomins. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. So Maze's end is like the win condition that you know, survives Child of Alara's big baby tantrum. So that's that's kind of the other it's like a and it's it is hard to assemble win cons in that deck just because you can't keep permanence on the battlefield. And it often has like a lands theme, so even if your mazes end or your gates get destroyed, you can probably just buy him back with a um with like a, a life from the loam or something. That's
1: pretty good too. I mean I I've seen um in the pre-Golos days, I saw a Child of Alara Gates deck, back when like they had just come out, and it was um, pretty heinous. The format was much slower, and it just sacked Child of Alara every turn. <laughs> it was pretty heinous. So, I think that's a pretty good way to go. Um, tried and true, I guess. I would say like, sure, uh, field tested. Um, <laughs> the, I was I was doing a little research and i mean i think there there's just no there's really nothing else you know like you could do like a togo goblin weapon smith with like a green preferably like a two-color partner or you could do like a kamal heart of krosa that's like gonna animate lands and you get gates somehow or something like, you know what i mean like there's just really not much going for you so i think that you've outlined the two best ones uh, and then if people want to add a little spice to their brew, that's where you could factor in some gate shenanigans or something. It's kind of like, uh, adding in an extra desert to your uh, deck with scavenger ground so you can use it twice oh, kind nice. of thing, yeah. you know, yeah. like just a little bit of zest, you know? So, uh, I don't know. I guess that's it. Do you want to do like last impressions now that we've seen the, the whole main set?
0: Okay, so this is. It's gonna. I'm gonna need like a, a a second to really encapsulate this entire set. Like it's been a a huge set to get through. Um, oh ab- yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have, you know, I've had heard from a lot of people that they were disappointed that the power level is lower than Commander Legends, the original one. Um, I don't really mind that. I think that, like. It feels like they did they were intentional about where to apply the power. They understand that because this is this has like a, a huge non-magic audience, they they can sort of focus on just making it flavorful and resonant um to appeal to those Dungeons and Dragons players. I think they did a great job of that. And there are some powerful cards in the set. Like I'm really excited to play with Wild Magic Surge and ancient copper dragon. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. excited to play with some of these new potential white staples we saw with the, um, the architect of Ogma. So, uh, there, I'm, I'm okay with it not being incredibly powerful. I think this, there's is still exciting things happening in the set and exciting developments in the color pie, um, with white, getting some new tools with red, Having a kind of answer to enchantments, um, and there and like, I'm I like that there's another monarch-like mechanic. I I really enjoy the the mechanics introduced in this set. I like the way they handled um, backgrounds and how it's just not paralyzing. The like the number of combinations is is manageable and understandable. It's not in the thousands, (laughs) um, and. Yeah, I think I think they did a really good um, evolution of the the model introduced by Commander Legends, and I don't care too much that there's not a whole lot of like Jessica's Wills and Wheel of Misfortunes mm-hmm. and Hull Breachers introduced in the set.
1: No, I I completely agree. It kind of like bums me out to see that people aren't super excited about this because this is like what I wish every set targeted at commander would be like you know like i want power in like specific areas not in general areas um i like the flavor over like function in a lot of ways like uh not that like cards don't do what they say but like that when it comes down to it like the flavor of the dnd whatever it is the monster manual was like what pushed the card more so than like let's make monster manual like even more powerful and and I think that if you do like if this was your first magic set you it's not like you'd go like and not be able to make a cool deck and not be able to play with your friends like there's still some crazy powerful cards in the set like displacer kitten is like mm. absolutely nuts and the the dragons, like the ancient dragons cycle and um some of the other cards in the set, like you mentioned the wild magic surge like it's not like there's not power here, it's just like it's kind of even across the board, it's just not like really focused in a few cards like it Commander legends pushed, <laughs> and i I don't want them to push with every set. we're getting so many sets a year, like please let me pull the cart sometimes, but it's just really cool to see it you know like what does dragon cultist do oh if i deal damage if i do enough fire i get a dragon i summon a dragon like that's cool (laughs) like like fireball is in the set that's awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah excited to play with like new things like the ascend from awareness or whatever it was and um, excited to try new partners. I love partners that I know that might be sacrilegious in some circles. I, I think partners are great. I love the customizability of them. So I just hope people have fun. You know, I, I hope people do buy this. And I agree. I think it's a great sequel to the first Commander Legends. I hope we get more kind of of this vein, like specific, not broad, fun over straight up power level.
0: All right. I, I feel the same way. And I, I think we can sign off there. I'm going to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The Whiteclays, Hannah, Andy, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Fuguerudel, Carl, Oscar, Danny B, Daniel, Ariel, Jean-Francois, Drew, and Recta. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Commander Theory.
1: And on Twitter, I am at FatBartleby.
0: You can also email us at Commandertheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud
1: and if you're interested in some other creative products i'm working on i have a band you can check out we are a pink punk pop punk band called the have nots all one word like cosmonauts uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now you can just head over to the that is A V N A U T S.bandcamp.com, and check us out let me know what you think